1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom
2: Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. I didn't tell you this, David, but the minute we made our picks, I asked Brandon where he was going, and he's going Chiefs. So we got the four of us like-minded. I picked the Chiefs. I'm not back. I'm backing off that. I might bet the Niners just ah. because all of us seem to be wrong.
1: Maybe a lesson learned for everybody else out there in the future. Yeah, just know that the Kansas City Chiefs are never underdogs. Just know that. David Haw.
3: I want to ask you this: Oh, in the next five years, who's more likely to get to the Super Bowl more often? Kyle Shanahan or Andy Reid? Andy Reid. They've got Mahomes. Who you got? Brock Parody. Pretty good chance you're not getting back to the Super Bowl. He's good, but he's not that good. He's not elite. Lions are going to be there. Eagles are going to be back. That division is improving. Here come the Bears. What, bro? What are you talking about, man?
4: Nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5:30 till 10 a.m. on 670 The Score. Not to patronize. You guys are the best dual line through the radio.
0: Let's go. <laughs>
2: molly and haw chicago sports radio 670 the score um i gotta tell you i love the way you asked that question here come the bears uh, it is a question right? morning molly welcome yeah, back as long as they have to, oh my god i gotta tell you i'm glad so you're so happy back. to be back yeah
3: i think we're all happy to be back here to miss yesterday again yeah it's been a long week or so but the question yesterday did come up because in the aftermath of the Super Bowl, you're always trying to attach sure. some local significance. Look through the Chicago prism and here come the Bears is with a question mark. Could be with an exclamation point. Let's see how the offseason goes.
2: Yeah, I, I you know, I get all that. Um I think that um how would I put it? I think that the very uh reality that um that the that the these two teams were in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, there's going to be one of these teams that's kind of cursed in some fashion. Something wrong is going to happen for one of these teams. That's usually the way it works out. Look at the Eagles. There used to be there used to be a curse yes. on the losing team. Yep. That was a thing. And then I think the Rams kind of got cursed the year they won. Um, but it, it just feels like one of the two teams is going to face some hardship and some kind of bad issues and and someone's going to get hurt or whatever. A curse makes it sound cosmic and I know yes, that's the way it's referenced,
3: but what happens is that when you get to the Super Bowl, things change in so many ways. Yeah. When you meet expectations, they are raised and sometimes you're unable to meet them. The mindset of a locker room changes. The roster turns over. Your salary cap situation may change. All these are realities that you the have to handle of
2: the season right. what you know having to play as long as you do and then the turnaround how about like the Niners suffered like six injuries in that game you know a yeah. couple of them looked pretty bad Greenlaw's out for the season
3: right popped his Achilles non-contact injury that's that's terrible to Awful. his career Awful. terrible to that roster construction no question. now going into the draft. They can't focus on one area that they maybe wanted to focus on because they need a linebacker. Right. Or free agency or whatever the case may be. Now, nobody's going to feel sorry for a team with all those weapons. And nobody's going to feel sorry for a team that blew a 10-point lead in in the Super Bowl. Never. But I do think that when you're looking at can they get back, to me, when we had that little clip that Brandon so cleverly put together, thank you, that— it's easier for me to conceive the Chiefs returning quicker than the 49ers because why? Well, of course, Mahomes. Brandon
2: is the star of the show. He really Yet is. again. Well done. Buddy. It really is. Um, let me say this. I feel like the, the, the joker in the pack here, the thing that you got to consider, and maybe I'm wrong about it. I'd love to get your opinion. I think this was the down year for Kansas City. This was the year where, oh my God, they ran out of receivers. oh they, they it's a bridge too far. oh, they're all dropping passes. This isn't going to work. man, they got they got rocked by the raiders they're now they're going to have to go on the road. Mahomes has never won on the road. It was almost like, yeah, in terms of down years, they almost had a down year, but they won the damn Super Bowl yet again. They had every built in excuse to
3: live down to those expectations we just talked about. The Super Bowl curse after they win it. They take a step back. Nobody in Kansas City would have complained. You've been it would have been understandable. You still have Mahomes. You've been fine. But this was the year when you look at the way they're constructed, if they would have fallen short of the AFC championship game, if they would have gotten beat in the playoffs, I think you would have been disappointed if they wouldn't have gotten to the postseason. But if you're going to get in on the Chiefs, this was the year to do it. The fear is now. Exactly.
2: The fear is now. It's like they dodged the bad year. <laughs> Won't they be better during yes. the regular season they're next gonna be year? They're going to be better
3: next year because of the experience, because of the way they're going to be able to replenish this roster. And what's going to happen gradually is that you're going to see, let's say hypothetically, now this may not happen. Mike Evans is a free agent. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans has two offers on the table. One right. is like – twice as much as what the Chiefs are offering. But you know what? I want to play with Mahomes. Or maybe it's a defensive lineman. I want to win another Super Bowl. I want to go to Kansas City. I'm ring chasing in Kansas City. They just became the team most likely to get back to the Super Bowl and win it and win it and win it because? Mahomes. He's he's 28. He's 28
2: years old. (laughs) He's 28. He is now entering his prime as a quarterback.
3: And as we continue to say, and I repeated it yesterday, some people get – kind of offended by this locally or a little defensive, he is the closest thing we have to Michael Jordan right now.
2: Oh, I I mean, why would you get offended by that? Well, because people think, well, he's no Jordan. Well, he's an athlete. He's no Jordan. Raises his game in the most crucial moments. And it's, (laughs) you know, you can't be Jordan in the NFL because there are 22 starters. So you got a lot of guys around you that have to do their job. And, you know, the, the defense did a great job as We know all season long and certainly again in the Super Bowl. Um, But when you look at what Mahomes, the difference that he makes, you know, did you think they weren't going to come down and kick a field goal to force overtime? I thought they might score a touchdown and win the game. I figured
3: that was going to be the outcome.
2: And then when they got into overtime and they gave up a field goal, did you feel like they were going to run out of downs and they weren't going to be able to – I thought at least they were going to – Continue the overtime. Yeah, I, I did too. You, you know what the best
3: nugget I heard yesterday in the Andy Reid press conference and some of the late locker room reporting what was that the Chiefs, if the 49ers had scored a touchdown, if Kyle Shanahan would have gone for it on fourth and four or whatever, if, if he would have scored a touchdown rather than a field goal, right? And if the Chiefs had marched down and McCole Hardman had tied or, or scored that touchdown in that context at that moment. They were not going to kick the extra point. They were going to go for two. They were going to try to win it, and they were going to probably do it. And they weren't going to settle for double overtime and go into a second quarter of the extra session. They were going to go for two. They had talked about it, they had foreshadowed it, and they had practiced it.
2: Wow, that's cool. It is cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Then
3: Mahomes reveals that, and he says, I don't know if I should have talked about that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's that's real. It's interesting fodder. To contemplate, um, it was, you know, the the television ratings are in. It's the most watched game in in the history of unbelievable, the television. unbelievable,
3: unbelievable yeah. numbers, historic audience, yep. one hundred and twenty three point four million viewers. That was the Sunday average ag- mm-hmm. across
2: TV and streaming, right? Which is key. Yeah, my my daughter streamed the game with friends of hers in school. You know why? Because they all watched the game. And do you know why? Because Taylor Swift's boyfriend was playing in the game. They wanted to know if he was going to attack the coach. <laughs> and he did. And let's face it, he did. And it's a good thing they won and they explained he, it away. I got to tell you, he, they can explain it away all they want. He's, all, he, he's out of his mind. He lost some ground there he, he with, did. The, with he, the fine uh, viewers. And the Swifties were pleading with her to get on a horse. And There's no out question, of
3: though. And people can embrace it, or they can ignore it if they choose. They got mm-hmm. their head in the sand if they do. The Taylor Swift audience contributed to this being a historically oh, large audience.
2: That's my point. I, I, and there's no shadow. You're exactly of it right, and it's, it's okay. Daddy daughter dance? No, we're gonna watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> Why
3: not? Then, it kind of, you could have a daddy daughter dance at halftime, <laughs> going along with Usher. <laughs> who, by the way, did you see? Usher got married uh, after after his the- performance. It was that good. Doesn't he have kids and everything? I mean, they've been together for a while. I know, but he got married officially in Vegas after he did his halftime show. That's a day.
2: I got to tell you, I think a lot (laughs) of people may have done that, including people that are already married. There's always problems with that stuff. Okay,
3: I know you had a friend who did that accidentally, and he he was already married, so he was a polygamist. Okay. Yeah, very very briefly. Your polygamist buddy aside, how many people Sometimes
2: you go to Vegas and get married. (laughs)
3: How many people, though, have gone to Vegas and gotten married after performing in front of 123 million people? Did he have, like, a huge party or did he drive through? I think it was rollerblades, roller skates.
2: (laughs) He got married on roller skates. They skated through the Eh, drive. Why not? That's pretty cool. That's a good metaphor for marriage, you know? It's very true. It's all downhill from here. Oh, boy. No. It's not fair. (laughs) Uh, That's very funny, though. I didn't know that he had done it right after. Right I knew after. They, I knew. I mean, I. And did you see Bieber? Uh, Bieber was offered the chance
3: to perform with Usher, and he said he's not feeling it. How do you? How are you not feeling the
2: Super Bowl? You got I, listen, a chance to get on stage with Usher? He may mean in his life. I mean, he seems like a troubled Canadian. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's Most happy. Canadians are happy and upbeat. And you didn't see him at the NHL All-Star people. game then, obviously. He is on top of the world. That's probably what it was. He was concentrating on his hockey, and he didn't have time to somebody f- must to prep a song. It's hockey season now, right? Uh, no. What, no. What, I think it might we, begin next week. What do we do in our hockey rep- segments? If I read the reports correctly, okay. maybe, maybe hockey may begin again next week. Yeah, that's good. If I'm the, not mistaken. Regularly
3: scheduled segments. I can't wait till Dustin gets on that and starts to propose those ideas. Uh, I want all the
1: hockey.
2: No. <laughs> not until the season begins, which it was put on pause. Okay. When uh, he's certain, coming back, though. A certain though. player went he's out. He's coming back. Yeah, he's looking good. Yeah,
3: he's he, chewing regularly. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if we're into uh, anything more than soft food at the at the moment. But Conor Bedard will be back.
2: Oh, that's wild, huh? He can only he can't really have a steak. I don't know. I
3: don't know. He's probably not eating popcorn.
2: I haven't had a steak in a while, and I had a steak the other night. And I got to tell you, it's a great it's a great meal. Sometimes. Just got to go red meat. God. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, uh, good mother of God. What a great idea. Hit the spot. Well, I mean, I'm, I sometimes, as I've told my children, you know, you can always order. Fish at a steakhouse.
3: You got it in though, you because know. you're looking ahead. You're planning ahead. It was your birthday. You yes. got a birthday <laughs> steak. Took, took and it. it's Lent around the corner. Every Friday after this, Tomorrow
2: you're going to right? be eating meat.
3: Yeah. yeah. T- well, tomorrow's Valentine's Day.
2: I'm going to be eating fish every I'm Friday.
3: sorry. Every Yeah, yeah you're going to be eating fish. Yeah. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day and Lent. So, uh, how do you work that
2: out? The they ashes. Heart shaped. Ashes on your forehead. Veggie dish? No. Heart shaped ashes? Yeah.
3: <laughs> when they put the ashes on your forehead, it's in the shape of a heart. <laughs> walk around all day like that uh,
2: that's awesome i'll I'll get my ashes today
3: is fat tuesday then right
2: i guess that's right so problem is like i i can't liquor up during the <laughs> i know it's a problem week. on a tuesday night usually most it.
3: tuesday nights you are like
2: oh i'm after 6 nine yeah. see ya that's exactly right yeah well I think the ramblers play today is that right dustin you did the uh the morning uh the, Pre-game show recently I think you had a comment about the Ramblers playing St. Joe's uh, at at Loyola is that right is that what you said
5: I am glad I did not say that this morning but uh, oh I don't usually preview oh I review but that might change now based on the amount of content (laughs) that is provided at this time of the year so don't
3: scoff at my hockey suggestion uh, next but
5: week. you are correct that the Joes are in town taking yeah. on the Ramblers. It's you a uh, seven o'clock tip. Go Ramblers! Go you Ramblers. know who else is in town tomorrow? I, I know, I know, I know how you feel about DePaul, okay. but the number one team in the country is in town tomorrow night. You're calling an upset taking on DePaul. No, I'm just saying the number one team in college basketball is going to be in town taking on the Blue Demons, and I believe, I believe that game will be right here on the score. Oh, no, it won't because we've got Bulls basketball. Ah, but it will be somewhere else. That's a nice tease.
2: That was great.
5: I yeah. got excited there for a second. Hey, DePaul's in a
2: good team. Zach's going to be calling. Zach is
5: going to be calling the DePaul game against the number one team in the college Where
2: basketball. Where will you listen to it?
5: I'm going to have to find out. Okay. Mitch. Yeah. Okay.
3: UConn is the number one team. Right. Yeah, I I don't think people necessarily are plugged into that all yeah. the way. Well, right.
5: Well, I mean, DePaul is definitely not the number one team. So there was no, no, I know, that... but the
3: number one team is UConn. It's yes. not what anybody is anybody else? Can you
2: get me DePaul's net rating just so I can figure out what they got to do? It's not good. They're the still tournament. looking for
3: a coach. It's that time of year. if they
2: game, they'll get in the tournament.
3: Okay? Mid-February, going to have to start paying attention to college basketball a little closer. Loyola, to their credit, just is having one is, of those years.
2: Can I tell you, this is a classic trap game. They just had a two-game... Um, rode uh, a sweep, and then they come home to a team they should beat, and this is classic college basketball trap. I think college, Go, Ramblers! College, Go Ramblers!
3: College basketball is full of those kinds of games. Look at last night. Yes. Kansas lost by, what, 20? They got blown out.
2: Yeah. Kansas got drilled. Kansas is – Kansas still. Yeah. Bill Self gets ejected. There. Let me tell you something. There are a lot of those kind of results floating around. And when you watch these teams play, it just makes me feel like the tournament could be wide open.
3: We, we've we got a lot of work to do between now and right. March to figure out who's who, what's what,
2: we'll get and why we're going to sound
3: like experts on everybody on the Monday after Selection Sunday.
2: I find if you watch one team and you understand one conference, mm-hmm. that can help you to get an edge. When you're Thank you, Mr. Leaders. A-10. Thank you, buddy. That's exactly you will be I the meant. A-10
3: expert. I will. I
2: will I've been watching the A ten all year.
3: I'll work on the Big Ten, maybe. I'll work on the Big Ten. I haven't
2: watched an A ten game where the Ramblers weren't in it though, so that's kind of a problem. I have watched But I have enjoyed their season. Full transparency, I
3: haven't seen an entire Loyola game, probably. Mm. I have watched of all the college I know, I do feel bad. Forgive me, sister Jean, for I have sinned.
2: They have this guy, what's his name? Sheldon Edwards, I think. He he had scored Like 45 points in the previous five games, he had 45 in the last two combined. You know Mm -hmm. He's really coming around. They got guys coming around. They got good (sighs) young players and good older players. They got a nice mix. He uses a lot of people. He's doing a great job.
3: I'm more plugged into the Big Ten, to be honest with you. I've watched Purdue several times. I've watched watched uh,
2: the Illini play Michigan State. They lost to Michigan State. Northwestern is fun to watch.
3: I like the way Chris Collins has those guys playing. I did find myself, the fighting Hoibergs are having quite a season. Right. And Nebraska is revived. And the Nebraska
2: women cheated against Iowa and Caitlin Clark.
3: And stormed the the court. uh, How'd they cheat? They didn't cheat. uh,
2: They played music during free throws. Oh, jeez. And the coach came out and said it wasn't very classy. Yeah. So they blasted music while the girls were at the line. That's cheating. Okay. Let the girls play the game. Okay, I,
3: I, I think that was quite a quite a moment. People were waiting; it was a Kate, Everyone's Caitlin waiting Clark on Caitlin moment. Clark to they to set the new record. They were right? in line for at four a.m. waiting to see her set the new record. Now she'll do it at home against you know for Iowa in her home gym, which will be a little more special. But yeah, Iowa on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. That was a pretty big audience that saw that game. So, As college basketball is coming around, so we're going to have to get really brushed up on that stuff.
2: Some guy just texted, the Usher comment by the birthday boy. Wow. Shaking my head, I'm done. What, what did I say about Usher?
3: I don't know. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what you said that was disparaging to Usher. I thought that you were probably very I like Usher. respectful yeah. of Usher.
2: I, I like all the artists he brought on. Big Her fan. Mm-hmm. If anyone cares. It's weird.
3: He got the most out of his time. He did great. He maximized. He did great. He maximized his moment on the stage, and he maximized his moment in the day because he got married after he left the stadium.
2: He's in residency. Yeah. Okay? So he squeezed down his show a bit. He got some other people involved. I thought it was fantastic.
3: Fantastic. And if Bieber didn't want to be part of it, not his fault, big deal.
2: I can listen to that Alicia Keys song, For a Living. I love that song. It's just so catchy. and.
3: Well, I could listen to Alicia Chris Keys 12. like a lot of people sure. for a long time and she looked fantastic. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, it was really well done. I don't I don't think it uh it disappointed. I know it wasn't for everybody, but No, oh, I thought it was. He came through. It was good. I thought it was for everybody. Game delivered, halftime delivered. The game was a bad game. Let's just be brutally honest. That's I don't the game. I
2: don't agree. Not a good game. It was a bad start, but great it was a great finish. It was a great finish. Oh, I mean, like, one of the greatest finishes. You
3: have you but have the season come down to the final play in overtime of the Super Bowl. Nobody's complaining.
2: A lot of people bored by the first half. I'm going to use the word bored, and that's okay. A lot of people don't know the game of football. A lot of people learning the game. I wouldn't call it the greatest played game. There were dumb penalties, oh, and there were turnovers. Tumblitis. Yeah. Fumbleitis was spreading through Allegiant but the, Stadium. The finish of it, and to go to overtime, and nobody knowing the rules—that was fantastic.
3: <laughs> that was embarrassing.
2: Uh, it was weird. It
3: was weird because yeah. not only did the players not know, as we found out later, I don't think that the announcers did the greatest job of explaining no. it in real time. Yeah, and I feel like
2: I feel like they don't. Lesson need the for clock. Maybe no clock would help. Everybody is sitting there like I had people texting me who were panicking. Like they, why aren't they or, kicking a field goal? You got three I, seconds left. Exactly. They got three, second. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah, no. No, that's that's okay.
3: not the rule. If they would have been incomplete and time would have run out after that pass, it would have been second and goal from the three <laughs> right. in the second quarter
5: of overtime. Right. That but would why not, are
2: we why are we keeping the clock running? Just so you know you're going to get – well, There's got to be
5: a play clock still though, right?
2: You're going to – all that. But I'm talking about the game Well, they
3: turned the, turn the clock off for college overtime, So I think it's a fair question, but I don't understand – Is it because you want to know when you get to the break and
2: change fields and you're going to go down to the other end? Is that the idea? I
3: think that might be part of the idea. I think you want to know also how long you're playing. You want to have the built-in breaks. After 15 minutes you have a quarter you're break. You're
2: playing until one team – scores a touchdown and the other team misses their... But
3: it's also, okay, this is probably why. Number one, you want the built-in break after 15 minutes. Number two, if you change ends of the field strategically, if there's elements, if there's wind, Right. You know,
2: let's not run this play. Let's count it down and we'll run it on the other end. Or kick a field goal. Right.
3: Let's run down. Let's run down the clock. Let's get okay. to the other end, and let's kick this field goal for forty-five yards and win the game and walk away. Rather so does than the
2: other team start calling timeouts, so you don't. Could get, be. I'm I mean, just that's saying, part of the in a, strategy. In a future Super Bowl, we know that that rule was instituted because of the game between Kansas City and Buffalo. Yeah. Where you want both teams to get the ball. It's as mm-hmm. simple as that. So right. it doesn't matter what you do on the first go round. That's why it's probably wiser to not take the ball first. Because you don't know what you need, and you get into the red zone, and you've got to kick the field goal because you you got to get points, and then the other team knows they got to score a touchdown. We talked about that
3: a lot yesterday. Yeah, it's a huge event. That's not a decision that's going to age well. I think even when you have you know the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes being the loudest, say that yeah, well they would have had they won the toss, they would have kicked. Mm-hmm. You don't want the ball first. You want to know how you're going to have to counter. Yep. And that's the way the very college overtime approach. You don't see very many college teams that want the ball first because you have decisions to make.
2: Was that the game-deciding element, though? I mean, I, I just think that I, I think Mahomes was going to win that game. Well, I, I
3: think that we can reasonably assume that Mahomes would have done whatever was necessary because yes. that is who he is. But you don't want to give a guy like that any sort of help if you're Kyle Shanahan and yes. you, you are now cementing your status as the best coach to never win a Super Bowl, and it is your third Super Bowl in which you have been part of a coaching staff that's blown a 10-point lead.
2: Boy, that, that is tough to wear. <laughs> it is. I'm just saying, you know, he's been a head coach now for two. I think he pointed that out in the postgame. Don't blame that one on me. I'll take these two. I, he did. He's touchy. Yeah. I would be too. I,
3: I, is he still stud status to you, Mister
2: Ofer? Um, yes, he's okay. a stud. All Not, right. I just want to know. You you know it. I, I don't I, have to I, tell I, you. I don't know
3: if I know it anymore. You do know it. I, I don't know. Guy's I mean, a hell
2: of a coach. I
3: know he is, but like he's in the situation where. Did you like? He neglected his best player for a long time. First, three He's and a hour. stud. He is a stud. Thanks, Joe Buck. But um, could have I, used Joe Buck you know, on Sunday.
2: Here's what I didn't get, and I, I think we talked about this leading up to it, that when they're in first down and they have the fullback in and they run the ball, that is their greatest strength against the worst thing mm-hmm. that the Chiefs do. I don't understand how you come out the second half and you have – three straight possessions without a run and you end up going three and out three times. That to me is the is where I would just wanna like throttle someone.
3: And that is where McCaffrey I think had one touch and it was a swing pass perhaps. He they got away from it.
2: Yeah. He, That's where the game kind of too cutesy. Yeah. I, I thought you know, a friend of mine texted that was such a great play, the the play where they Through the pass. Oh, yeah, it's great. And the guy throws it. I was like, man, you know, that play worked. That ball was in the air for a long time. The one guy got a hand on the corner or the safety was coming up to get it. I mean, there was a lot going on in that play. It worked. So great. All's well that ends well. But let me tell you. Yeah, that was outcome bias. That was a little bit of a cutesy thing. Process was shaky. 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 Yeah. Worked. So you can't bad mouth that.
3: Jennings would have been the MVP if they won.
2: Uh, probably. <laughs> I mean, he, he did everything. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't. It's a very interesting question. I would answer that by saying it would depend how they won.
3: Yeah, probably true.
2: So, all right, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We're going to get to your calls later. We got the pick six next. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven of the score. It's Pick Six with Mully and
4: Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day, and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312 644 6767 Or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick Six with Mully and Haw starts now.
5: Do you agree with the observers, including our guy, Mike Florio, who we'll talk to at 844, who said the Niners erred by taking the ball first? Did they just want to give the defense a break after the Chiefs drove down the field against them at the end of regulation?
2: Oh, they erred by that. No question about it. Um, I I think that when you – they weren't prepared for the overtime by all um, admission the players didn't even know what the rules were. So no one went over that. No one talked about it. Makes you wonder if the coach knew what the hell he was doing. <laughs> because, yeah, you obviously, you know, and, and I think um, Chris Jones came out and just said they made a terrible mistake. Uh, and, and people are trying to be careful about it. Take the ball. and and you And you are telling the other team what they need to know. When you are the opponent and they kick a field goal, you know you got to get a touchdown to win the game. So it changes your mentality. You know exactly what you need. You know you get to a fourth down situation, go for it. And they did, and they got it. And um, it, it is a huge advantage. You know, if you get the ball and you march down the field and you're in the red zone and you're like, okay, we better kick the field goal here. That that is much different than knowing a field goal will tie. We better go in the end zone here to win the game. And, and that changes your mentality a little bit. So I felt like it was a big advantage to the Chiefs to get the ball down three and know exactly what they needed for the tie or the win. Huge advantage.
5: There's definitely an advantage, but I think there is a little bit too, and I'm surprised that the 49ers if, didn't even just lie oh, my gosh, lie about it is that, yes, the defense had been on the ropes. That defense was on the ropes, absolutely. The, the Chiefs had, had scored, what, three? Was it three straight? Definitely two straight times, right? It was a three straight times before. So th- that's a that's a, legit, that's a legit reason to not do it. But the biggest reason why you take the ball second is because you get an extra down. You know what happens. On fourth down, you know what has to be done on fourth down the first time you know uh, you get a little tight right? Right, uh, right do I kick or do I go and uh, right. now for for the reports that Andy Reed and I'd like to hear it out of his mouth not like it feels like it's a story that Andy Reed if he had gotten the ball the second time around he would have gone for two yes he would have gone for two. If they
3: were down a touchdown,
5: right? Yeah, he would have yeah, gone, well, gone for the win. He would have gone for the win, yes, and not give the ball back. Yes, I, I. Why do you doubt that? I, I, I need to hear it. Why do you doubt it? I just that seems super onionsy. I think that. Okay,
3: you make a very <laughs> valid point about the four down mentality, and we saw that the Chiefs went for it on fourth and one in their own territory. Patrick Mahomes had a run pass option; they kept the ball in his hands, and he converted. That is why you want to be in that situation because otherwise maybe you think okay we'll punt we'll play the long game nope they were in the position of strength in terms of strategically because the 49ers for some reason took the ball dustin you disappoint me wow only because of all the people in this room
5: you would be like tired you're tired this is a super bowl Hey, there are no excuses. I I have a problem with like you know. You want to talk about a guy, George Kittle? Okay, if since we're going there for a second, he went in the locker room. He was injured. He he
2: got like a shot of toradol and came back. Right, you should appreciate that. But
5: think about no, get the shot of toradol on the sideline. Think about the play. Think about when he was out. The play, the play before he comes back in, his replacement has a massive. Massive holding penalty. Okay, so I'm saying the, 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 you you get your shoulder fixed after the game. You you don't you, you are you do out not of your sta- mind. It well, wasn't no, the I, second I,
3: quarter. I, I I understand what you're saying. You're kind of playing into what I'm saying. If you are tired at the Super Bowl with one series to go, uh,
5: shame on them. But yes. the coach has to know the best. The, the, the coach, coach has to have the field has
3: to have, have be in a okay. position where you make the decision strategically what is best for your team and what is best for your team is kicking off and playing defense and asking your unit that has carried you this far to suck it up and go.
2: I am now disappointed too in you, Dustin. You're the first man in America to say that George Kittle isn't tough enough.
5: I, I, didn't, I don't think <laughs> I said that. It. You, you in, you're, you're Do assuming, it on the
2: sidelines. Yeah,
5: don't listen, he, he missed too many plays We're, and too okay. crucial. And then he comes back
3: into the game. We're getting off track. The Kittle thing we can Shocking. talk about later. I'm just saying, we're getting off track. I'm still disappointed. When you're talking about this decision, I'm disappointed decision, in myself
5: every day when I look in the mirror. So, this
3: decision by Kyle Shanahan potentially cost the 49ers a chance at winning a Super Bowl. And to me, I just don't think fatigue can be the biggest factor when deciding whether choosing to kick or choosing the ball puts your team in the best spot possible to win a championship.
2: But you do acknowledge that they kind of marched down the field at the end of the game to sure. force the overtime, and then you're going to put your defense back out and let them march down the field again. You did, know
3: what I mean? Did, what did you do between the end of regulation and overtime? Probably refill your glass. There wasn't much time. It was pretty
5: quick. They had a they, coin they, flip. They flipped a the coin. It wasn't, that wasn't, that's not a lot of time. Grab it was, some was, bench, no commercial. get some
3: oxygen, get some water, and let's go. Hmm.
5: Patrick Maybe Mahomes has thrown
2: a pick Mojo. six.
5: Is Patrick Mahomes the most dominant athlete in pro sports? Why or why not? Who's even in the conversation?
2: Well, I think
3: asking the question answers it. Yes, he is. Right mm-hmm. now, he is. Shohei Otani, yeah, you could look at that. Look, he's certainly the richest. How many playoff victories does he have? How many championships has he won? Connor McDavid, the best player of this generation in hockey. You can't stop Connor McDavid. He's a, worth the price of admission. He is dominant. On a nightly basis, how many ch- cups has he won? Now in the NBA, at one point in time, it was LeBron James, and this was, you know, LeBron James had his Mahomes moment in Miami, then to Cleveland. You know, obviously with the Lakers, it's been a lesser to a lesser degree, but Steph Curry, you know, had, had his run after Saturday night. I don't know if it's over. I don't think that's safe to say, but. In terms of pure dominance, you look at Patrick Mahomes, three titles in five years. And 28 years old, he is having, he is ha- entering his prime. This is the Jordanesque phase of his career. So there is a conversation, but I do think it ends with concluding Patrick Mahomes is the most dominant player in professional sports.
2: Um, you know, I, I think that Joker's having a moment right now. Um, probably should be a three time MVP. Joker's a won good a one. Title. Yeah, Joker's a good um, one. Um, Leo Messi is getting old in the tooth, but he won the last World Cup, and uh, he's got great commercial about every bloody record. You great can commercial. Have. Um, this Erling Holland that is playing for the wrong team in Manchester, but the guy scores goals at will. You know, the problem is, like, you, you can't say anyone in baseball because you don't win. Uh, if it was Wayne Gretzky instead of Connor McDavid, he was winning titles. Cups. That's what, it, that's Cups. what, it, that's what matters titles. in this conversation. Yes. Right. So, you know, other than, say, Kylian Mbappe winning the French championship all the time, I don't jo- – Djokovic? The tennis player is that is he the top of the tennis mm, I'm just saying are we looking one. at a golfer a, a tennis player if you're talking about all of sports I think Patrick Mahomes as of this week would be number one without question and I think that he's heading into all-time greatness
5: well, I think he might already be there yeah right um here's how it's Patrick Mahomes it is. no no doubt about it, because of the right now. But what would be interesting is in the, in some of the arguments, sports, great sports arguments are about you know, one game. If you had one game, one man, one athlete, it depend on the sport on the right? sport, right? Yeah. But the difference is in baseball, we talked about baseball. We talked about hockey, We talked about basketball. You know there's series, right? There's se- football is one game unless you want to look at it as a tournament with a potentially, you know, the chiefs had to win. Four games, right the Chiefs won four games to win it, so is that kind of like a is that kind of like a best out of seven, but it's single elimination see what I mean like if if it was yeah, one game to win point. the NBA Finals and LeBron James is in that game but his
2: four games you would hold up against anybody because correct. of the teams that he beat
5: right and this goes back to why and I'm okay with bringing up Jordan I get that, but the the difference is is that Mahomes has gone to that championship game and lost. Michael Jordan has gone to that championship game and never lost. He's Did won every he, – he's, they, they win every, he's won the ring every time he he's been there. Did you see he
2: played in the game that he lost? I think that might have been his best – There it is. I mean, he was unbelievable.
3: There it is, the defense. Another good question. It
2: wasn't his fault. <laughs>
5: With the Steelers waiving Mitch Trubisky or mutually agreeing to let him go find another job with his fourth NFL team, did it serve as a reminder of the error made by the Bears when they traded up for him in twenty seventeen, or did the Chiefs take care of that on Sunday?
2: Buddy of mine texted me after the game and said I still think Trubisky will be will be the was the right pick. Time will tell. I <laughs> just like fell over that was what occurred to him after the game. Uh, yeah, the Bears could have had that guy. As you stand there and you watch him go, and you watch him play at his best in the biggest moments of the biggest game, you can't help but think like, oh, God. It re- they really, really made a life-altering, franchise-shattering decision when they fell in love with Mitch for whatever reason and decided – to trade up to get the number two pick and take the wrong quarterback. So it was after getting that text and thinking about Mahomes to see him cut the next day, it just, I, I just kind of at one point I just took my head and I banged it down on the desk. I mean, what can you do? It was more like the kitchen table. Just whap your forehead onto that thing because it is a reminder. Of course it's a reminder. And, you know, mutual, mutually uh, they decided that they were going to part. Uh-huh. The guy's in the second year of a $20 million deal, and he decides, well, wow, I'm going to start somewhere else. Yeah, why? Because they're going to sign somebody and sign someone else. Maybe Justin Fields ends up there. That's another rumor.
5: I didn't think about this until yesterday when David brought it up. And now it, <clears throat> it's like – smacking you in the face because of the mutual parting of the ways. It just his name being brought up 24 hours, less than 24 hours after Patrick Mahomes proves that he's the greatest athlete on the planet right now, than the guy that you could. But again, there was, a, there was a piece of audio that we could play later, not during the pick six, but Patrick Mahomes realizing how fortunate he is to have been picked by the Chiefs, And to be coached by Andy Reid. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot to say about that. Again, we, we will never know. I don't even know if you could simulate it in a video game because if you could, we would have already done it. Somebody would have done it. Yeah. But I mean, what would have what would have Mahomes look like?
2: Could you have ruined Mahomes? No, I don't yes. think you could have. No, I don't, I don't really know think about
5: so. ruined. I don't I, know about I, ruined. I, I, but you're, you're,
2: great players are great we, no matter where they're. Here, here's the difference. Nevada's so they would have game. the
5: Bears would have taken the North and never given it back. Yes. Had Patrick Mahomes yes. been the Bears quarterback, Patrick Mahomes would have with won
3: Matt, the Bears. with Matt Nagy. Patrick Mahomes would have won a Super Bowl in Chicago already. Yeah, I don't know about already. Probably, probably,
2: yes. Yeah, why not? Wow. Yes,
3: wow. Come on, Dustin. Wow. Come on, wow. D- you, you know, I'm not that I'm disappointed cynical. in you, David. Uh, don't be, don't be, be. You're always disappointed. What's today any different? <laughs> you said that to him earlier. Oh, He's did I? Back okay, anyway. I'm sorry. I forgot saying that. Look, Mahomes. How I'm
5: even more disappointed. You
3: can't stop greatness, and I think that it's it's a it's a fun hypothetical or a painful one to think what Patrick Mahomes would have done in Chicago. Would he have won three in five years? No, I'm not saying that. As we said yesterday, though, just win one. Who needs multiple titles? We're still celebrating 85 in Chicago. So he would have come here and eventually won because that's how elite quarterbacks do it. They raise a level of performance in everybody on the field. They raise a level of performance of everybody in the building. They're the most important person in that organization. That's why you need an elite quarterback. That's what the Bears are looking for. That's what everybody's looking for. You, you don't double-doink with Mahomes under center. Probably not. You, don't, you know why? Because you don't need a field goal. You're in the end zone celebrating. That's why. You're not settling for a field goal because he converted on third down. So, as for Mitch, eh, see ya. He's on his fourth team. He'll be a career backup. He'll be making some good money. But that was a huge disappointment. I mean, that seems like three mistakes ago at the quarterback position. So, it seems like a long time ago.
6: You know, to answer your question.
5: How do you judge the middling mess known as the Bulls after last night's game against the Hawks? Where are this team in the conference battle?
3: Well, nothing that happened in Atlanta made you feel any better about what happened in Orlando. Bulls beat the Hawks. They scored 136 points. Not a ton of defense going on. Iowa was terrific. You like to see that. Right. Kobe didn't hit his first three until the fourth quarter. You wonder about that. Is he cooling off a little bit? Um, teams may be you know, geared to stop him. What's going to happen? You know, Drummond, how long can they get what they're getting out of him? So the Bulls are going to be you know in that, what, 28 games left now. They're going to be what they are, a pile of mediocrity. They're going to be competing for a play-in spot. And let's not make any mistake. Competing for a play-in spot in the Eastern Conference, not what it is in the Western Conference. The Western Conference playing around with the Warriors and the Lakers and all those teams, that's going to be fun. East, The Eastern Conference playing around is going to be drudgery. The contrast will be stark. But the Bulls are in it, and if that is the destination and, and that's their goal this year, I think last night took a step in that direction. Not an easy game to watch, but whenever they play Trey Young, it's, it's kind of fun to see how they respond to him and how he responds to them. But last night was more the same from the Bulls. At least they won.
5: Hey, at least they won. I mean, you, you can't you can't beat them up when they lose and not celebrate the wins. They they beat a team. This is they beat the team that they're probably most comparable yes. to.
2: Right. And, and they stayed ahead of a team. They have to. And
5: get. they came. They were down a little bit. Came back. You know, luckily Trey Young couldn't shoot last night. He had 19 points, but two of ten from three point range, so he couldn't shoot straight. Um. So. They scored the most points they've scored all season. That that takes something. You know, DeRozan twenty nine. Vooch twenty-four. Again, who who would think Iodesumu would have twenty nine points? Right? I mean, no shot. I would never think that he would have. So good for him. Good for him. A couple of guys that I I can raise my hand that I was ready for the Bulls to give up on. Kobe White and Iodesumu. And they both have been playing pretty good.
2: Yeah, I you know, look, I think that it's a significant win. They are a middling team and they are battling to get to the play and maybe on a, it with a with an outside shot at getting a, a a spot in the uh in the actual playoffs. Now they're not very good against winning teams and um look at their record. They I think they play a bunch of winning teams down the stretch here. So this schedule is going to turn they're going to have to play well against good teams and it's it's a difficult one to imagine but having said that if they could somehow get past Cleveland all of a sudden those last four games it looks like a win even with the loss at Orlando which was a total dud you're talking about going 3 and 1 they go 2 and 2 it's kind of what i thought they would do before the break so they're just a team now where you're gasping to get to the break and see if you can get healthy and see if you can get help. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I, you know, they they, they brought in uh, uh, a player last year on a buyout, and that worked out well for them. I don't know that it changed them or anything, but it was a lot of fun. There was some juice to it. So we'll see. We'll see if they can do something like that, if they can get a little more energy, if they can beat some good teams. Who's P 2024 Yes. Okay. That's what I'm talking
1: about. I'll take your questions. I don't have I don't have much to say about this.
2: Local
5: mm. guy made good. When will we hear from him again? I mean, who who will speak first? Kenny Williams or Rick Hahn? Who who will publicly who will that, like, go on a podcast? Have.
2: We Kenny's always been invited, but we sent out a special invitation to Rick and we should kind of underscore
5: it. I think Hahn. I think we'll hear from
2: Han yeah, come first. Come on, Rick. Come on on. Let's talk.
5: What do you make of Chris Goetz confirming that Dylan Cease will be the opening day starter? Pedro Guifol said that a while back, but it does it carry a little bit more gravitas when it comes from the guy that couldn't trade him?
2: Wow, that, that's almost like a shot. That's a shot. Not, not kind of. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a shot. Sh- that's a shot. shot disguised as a normal yeah. question. Yeah. Love hearing from Chris Goetz. Can't wait to get more of it. Really excited about uh, – the way he's built this roster to resemble himself. Um, very interested in seeing all these guys prove whatever it is that uh, that they need to prove. A lot of guys have something to prove. They need to kind of look in the mirror and try to bring out their inner Chris Getz. Um, didn't surprise me. What he said about Dylan C. seems pretty logical to me. I would prefer if he said, wow, we're going to surprise everyone. We're going to Offer a hundred million to Dylan Cease. He's going to turn it down, but at least we made a hundred million dollar offer. What do you think? Um, yeah, I I uh, I think it's great. that You can't trade a guy and then you name him the opening day starter. Perfect.
5: Well, if he's around, he he obviously should be the opening day starter. There's no question. Can and he
2: go twice in the rotation?
5: I th- I think that might hurt his trade value, Molly. Well,
2: you double him down, you get more.
5: Don't want don't to don't burn, burn him out. And, and he didn't have to trade him. That's the other thing. I, 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 have, I have no problem with him not trading him. I, I think this might end up being a blessing in disguise that you get him for a couple 8-10 couple starts ahead of the All-Star break, trade deadline, and you trade him then.
3: I don't think I would use the word gravitas with anything associated with the White Sox. I just don't think there's much there there. I don't think that anybody has lost a wink of sleep wondering about the opening day starter for the Sox this season. If Dylan Cease is still here, that's a no-brainer. And yes, by the way, Luis Robert will start in center field. There are two players that have you know no nothing to worry about. There are two players that uh, you can pencil in whenever uh, they're ready and healthy to go, but and and it's Robert and Cease. I liked hearing from Chris Guts, even though he triggers some people, no names, but Chris Guts is doing what he can do. He's it has showing some enthusiasm. Pitchers and catchers are gathering. Uh, the Sox are going to be at that cool Camelback Ranch in Glendale, and they'll all get a chance and a glimpse to see. Otani, because the Dodgers are training at the same facility.
2: Well, what they should do is just have those renderings, the drawings behind him as he speaks, because that's kind of more interesting to people than anything he says. <laughs> oh, it, oh, by the way, oh, yes, behind me is the new state, and we're not talking about that, but. That would those, be cool. Those are the drawings. That would be cool. That's what they should do. Yeah. I mean, they should release new drawings from different positions. That's the most exciting thing Once about the White Sox right now. Once a week, they yeah. come out and they're like, Hey, you know, we can't help but notice you guys have absolutely no bat. You can't do – oh, have you seen the most recent renderings?
3: Have you
5: seen the outfield
2: deck? Let's go. Look at this view. Give me the song and dance. I've answered this
3: question, you know, a lot, obviously.
5: Blackhawks coach Luke Richardson says Connor Bedard could be ready to return next week, making Feb 19 against the Sens, Senators, a possible date to watch. How would you feel about Bedard's return? He broke his jaw Jan 5 and it's a six- to eight-week recovery.
3: I would be nervous. I would be cautious. I want badly to see Connor Bedard back on the ice, like everybody who cares about hockey in Chicago still. But I don't want them to rush him back. He's going to be here if all goes well, and I don't like to exaggerate these things, but he's got a good decade in Chicago. He's got a decade to win cups and and heart trophies and and. Dazzle us and all the things. He's 18 years old, and he broke his draw in January. Take your time, young man, and I think the Hawks are going to be very cautious. I love the anticipation. I love that he's antsy. I love seeing him in a green jersey on the ice, practicing those shots that nobody else can make. But I also am realistic, and I can be patient. When you come back, I don't want it to be too soon because I don't want you to get injured again. Take your time.
5: David, I'm going to have to agree with you. Take your time. It's fine to get him back out on the practice ice. It's fine to have him in the green jersey. It's fine to have him in a kind of a, a football style helmet, you know, massive cage on that face mask just in case. But again, what's the rush? He can be in the building. He can be around the team. You know, every 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 home game they could interview him during the intermission in front of the fans, for that matter, that paid good money ahead of the season to see Connor Bedard play. But there is no reason to risk his long-term future just because he is pushing you to get back out there.
2: Um, I, I, This is a real simple one for me. I think that, you know, again, it's a bone. You give it time. You take the film of it and you see if the bone is healed. And if the bone is healed, you play the kid. And it's as simple as that. So, If he goes through and everything they look at and everything they go over, they see that his jaw is healed and that means he's ready to go. Then you put him back on the ice and you restart the season. And it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to get to see Connor Bedard. It's been hard, very difficult to try to stay with the Blackhawks without Bedard. And now that he's back... I think that changes the season and it changes the kind of feeling and attitude you have toward this season. So let's hope that the film goes right and you look at everything and you see that he's healed and off he goes. And I'm not going to worry about it. You know, you're always going to have concern for a young guy and protecting him and all that stuff. But I think it was kind of a flukish injury. And I just hope he's back playing in the season I don't even care about the results. I just want to see the guy in the ice.
3: Yeah, the results are kind of irrelevant. Secondary. But it would be nice for them to score a few goals.
2: All right, we've got the extra point. Next, it's Mully and Haw on the score. Set up this extra point.
4: It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score.
5: Say you're Ryan Poles. Two years ago in January of 22, and the young Kansas City Chiefs' exec had a choice for the next two years. One, stay on the KC staff and win back-to-back Super Bowls. Or two, go run your own team in Chicago but struggle through two losing seasons. Which choice would Poles make in retrospect? Or do you think he's watched Sunday night with the tingiest of regret?
3: I think he probably did have a little... Wistful feeling, maybe a little regret watching what happened. I mean, wouldn't it be impossible not to? You were part of this organization. You did uh, have success when he was there. He's got a Super Bowl ring, correct, about uh, when the Chiefs won the first of three. And I just wonder, it depends on what you define as uh, success professionally. And I think it depends on what what your ambitions are. Because it'd be easy to say, you know, Winning back-to-back Super Bowls, that would be worth staying for. And in retrospect, boy, I wish I would have stuck around. Boy, I wish I would have been part of this. Boy, I wish I would have padded my resume. But what would be the purpose of being a contributing executive to a championship effort? Well, you'd want to ideally move on, and you'd want to use those successes to build on your own. So I think that ultimately the answer would be, I think, as competitive as we have seen polls to be, and he is a, a former professional athlete, a college football player. He'd want to succeed individually, believing he could bring the Bears a championship or his next job a Super Bowl. So I think that it, w- it would be a tough decision, and it is an interesting hypothetical because it, it, how you answer it, I think, determines what you how you evaluate professional success and satisfaction. But I do think that. Everybody in those situations, there are 32 teams, 32 general managers, and all of them feel fortunate to be running their own enterprise. And I think that would be the bottom line for Ryan Pohl. So I think he would take the tough two years in Chicago rather than the back-to-back parades in KC. We
5: well, just nailed it right there. There are 32 of these jobs. 32. And you get to be in charge of the charter franchise of the NFL. You, you take that running and you never look back.
2: Oh, I don't even think it's a hard decision. I mean, you know, he was, what, 36 years old, and he gets offered one of the jobs, one of the great uh, original franchises in the league to run the team, and they tell him, yeah, you're going to be here a long time. Sure, he got a five-year deal, whatever, good enough money. I'm sure he's looking at this. He understood, hey, we're going to – we're going to tear this down and lose as much as possible in order to build it up. And they were on board with him. Yeah, go right ahead. I don't think anyone has second-guessed him. I think that even with Kevin Warren coming in, it was under the understanding that, uh, that Poles was going to be the guy making the football decisions, et cetera. And, and you brought in a guy who wants to be the, the air and the water and the light. That you can grow under. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's a beautiful thing. I, I I'm just saying. I don't think if I'm Ryan Poles and I'm watching that game, I'm kind of like happy for the guys I know there, thrilled for what they've accomplished. But what what better job is he going to get at 38 that he that he got at 36? I think he got one of the premier jobs. In the business, he's stripped the cap. He's got money to play with. He's got draft picks galore. I think that there's a ton of pressure on him because he's running his own show. Yeah. But who the hell wouldn't want to be the guy in charge and the guy making the call and the guy sitting in the big chair? So
3: you think the quality of life is better as the boss?
2: I think he's married. He's got two kids. He is now the boss. And he now, I mean, there's pressure galore. But that's what you're in the business for. You're in it to win it. And you've got a chance to build up your thing. And you get to keep your bad coach. And you don't have to bring in exactly. anybody above you. I, I'm just saying. Given the stakes. His his strength and power has mm-hmm. not shifted since he, he took that job.
3: Given the off-season stakes and what's a, what, what's... Maybe this, he
2: didn't even... Watch the Super Bowl. In
3: this draft, I'm sure he did. In this draft, you can go a lot of different directions, as we know, as we continue to discuss. Do you think it's conceivable that there's any job jeopardy that he faces in this next year if he makes the wrong decision or something that is automatically you, – you, you, know you know after a certain amount of time quickly that maybe that wasn't such a good call. If he goes, let's say, hypothetically, you know, you pick – The wrong quarterback, okay, or you make the wrong move. I I guess what I'm asking is, if the Chiefs are celebrating three a three peat next year, okay, and you're Ryan Poles, are you are you and you're clamoring to your job? How good do you feel about leaving KC? So,
2: So this morning when he wakes up, does does Matt Nagy feel great that he got fired by the Bears because he's won two Super Bowls since?
3: Well, that's a good question, and I think that's a different scenario. He fell upward. Matt Nagy fell upward because he already tried and failed. And then he had a soft landing in KC and he had the fortuitous bounce back into the Andy Reid womb. You know, this is where he's comfortable. This is where he succeeded. So Matt Nagy's feeling like he's living right. He got fired and then he got I, better.
2: I, I, You know, I'm sure he feels better. I'm sure he's delighted. I'm sure there's something in the back of his head that reminds him that he's a failed head coach in the NFL. In 15 years. And nobody, nobody came to interview him. No one waited to hire him. I
3: know what you're saying, and I'm not totally disagreeing with it. In 15 to 20 years, when Matt Nagy reflects on his career or if he's speaking to a group of Kansas City uh, Kiwanis Club or whatever it is, do you think they introduce him as the fired, failed head coach of the Chicago Bears or the offensive coordinator who won three championships and counting? with the Kansas City Chiefs if he wins again next year. Two, right? I'm saying, but if he wins next okay. year, you said if they he stays. They won one
2: without him. I, I, you think they're sta- going to win a three in a row? The,
3: why would you bet against them now? Okay. I don't know. Who knows? I I'm mean, just I'm saying.
2: Not, I'm not arguing with you because we had that conversation earlier, which I think is fascinating. I think they had their bad year. They might have had the worst year they're going to have in the next five, and they still won the Super Bowl.
3: Matt Nagy is – a different scenario than Ryan Poles, but I think that the it's
2: kind of the same idea though. The it's the pressure same idea. Of the job, now I'm now I'm I'm with oh there's Andy oh here uh, you know hey hey uh, hey uh, Travis Kelsey step back a second I just got to hug
3: this. My guy. guess is Matt is much happier don't, now don't knock him over. than he
2: was going eight and eight with the Bears. Uh, I, again, if if Andy were to depart for whatever reason, you know, health conditions, whatever, mm-hmm. it would have to be something like that. Would you hire Matt Nagy to replace him?
3: Given the way the Chiefs value him, they probably would definitely consider that strongly. I don't know that I would, but I also don't know the dynamic in that building, in that organization. They value him, my sense is much more than Chicago does.
2: I'd I, I promote Spags or, yeah. or Dave Tobe even and then let Nagy stay with what he's more doing. More than likely, that's, that's the way yeah. that they would go
3: and I would understand it. I'm just saying that he's not complaining. There's, no,
2: there's nobody lining up to hire him. After what happened in Chicago,
3: right? And I don't think that he's losing sleep at night about that reality. Okay. I think he gets to go to work and coach the best quarterback ever.
2: I think Ryan Poles gets to go to the office, be the guy in charge, and and build a football team in, in his way. And I think that's a great gig to have. I think it's a great gig, too. Right. Especially this year. Big decisions to make, but are they? Are there not some obvious decisions to make? There's some
3: obvious decisions to make
2: alright 312 right. 3, on 1, 2, 6, 67 67-67. It's Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 in the score. Music. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 in the score. So, Chris Jones after the game came out, and, and the audio's terrible, but we'll just tell you. He said it's crazy that they deferred to open the overtime. It is. And he was stunned by it. And, um, and our buddy, uh, Bobby Vasilopoulos, he went back and he timed it. So <laughs> I think this is hysterical. He's got it at 6 minutes and 57 seconds. Okay. The length of the break between the end of the game and the overtime. 7 minutes. Just under, just a hair under seven minutes. Okay. And you, you apply that to the defense being on the field. 13 and, plays. And the defense gets, you know, gives sure. up the field goal that ties the game. Now you get into overtime. Okay, we're going to take the ball. When in reality, you should have not taken it. So, so in my mind, seven minutes kind of erases any benefit that that you felt you needed for your defense. Maybe you think that's mojo. long enough. I think seven minutes is is a lifetime. I do too. I think you get. That's why you I can said get Molly, oxygen, get water. I think you got tons of time to get you know, back on the damn field.
3: It's the Super Bowl. If you're going to ask somebody to dig a little deeper, reach a little further, do a little more, you're if you're ever going to ask your players to buy in. And to remember how they felt when they reported in July. To remember how they felt. You know, all the things. This is when you coach. This is when you appeal to the the meatball mentality within every football player. Tired? You're not going to be tired in overtime in the Super Bowl. That is when you want to show your opponent why you're there, why you're better, and why you're going to win. I don't buy the idea that a tired defense should have contributed to Kyle Shanahan's state of mind in deciding to take the ball. You don't take the ball. And we now know a lot more why you don't. And his explanation, kind of weak, actually. Yeah. You know, he said it's small sample size. He's right about that. Yep. Analytics showed you that maybe it's good to take the ball at times. Eh, not really. No. So when you have such a... Consensus throughout the game of football, and I I don't want to overstate the consensus, but I do think that you can find enough reasonable minds that wondered about the wisdom of that decision to make you wonder why he did what he did, because it might have cost him, might have cost him a Super Bowl. Because let's say this: they, they, they kick,
7: Mm -hmm.
3: Mahomes scores, you know. Let's say that, and then they get the ball back. Maybe Kyle Shanahan's one going for two. Maybe they convert going for two. Maybe Kyle Shanahan then goes down, not a legacy of the guy that can't win the Super Bowl. It's like this genius did it in the most important play ever, and they converted a two-point conversion, and they win the game by a point.
2: Oh, it's a God. great
3: thing to to ponder if you're, unless you're a 49er fan.
2: You know, I think the other thing we should mention is there is a luck involved in some of the things that happen in a football game. I don't. Believe that they were lucky to block the extra point. I think that that is we talked about special teams going into that game and Dave Tobe and what he can do and how good his team is. They were they were exchanging field goals of 50 plus yards. They were setting Super Bowl records, it seemed, every time they tried a kick. And to to block that Extra point, huge! Changed the game, changed what the Niners uh, had in terms of the lead. Changed what the Chiefs needed to do in terms of getting to that overtime. It was just, and and it. I think the kicker, it was a low trajectory. That it was it. Like, looked like two guys got Jake a Jake Moody that.
3: got a low trajectory kick. Yes, and there's not luck involved in that either. That's just a bad kick.
2: That's a bad now, kick.
3: The give credit to the. To the Chiefs that created the traffic, got up and elevated and blocked it, but it was easier to block because Jake Moody kicked it low. You can't did. you can't do that in the Super Bowl.
2: Well, I mean, it's again, and and I am a rookie. Just one little thing like that can change the game. One little moment that that you know you go through a whole year. The guy had been fantastic all year long. And and he, I don't think he missed an extra point. And then just somehow you changed the trajectory, or you did something, you moved your foot. down. You, I don't know you, what the hell you he did.
3: You did what rookies might be prone to do in the Super Bowl. You did something different. You did, was he a, a, a victim of anxiety? You just don't no, know. You don't know. You, you don't, don't know, know because and you don't
2: even know. I didn't even look at how good the snap was or how good there was. Again, you know, Mahomes a couple of times. Picking the ball up off the ground. Low
3: snap. It was like the big c- moments. It's like the center was from Alabama. It was crazy. It was crazy. He
2: did I, have some bad snaps. He man. did. And but you know what? It didn't matter because the quarterback's matter. so damn good. didn't
3: matter. He, he's not one of these guys that well, was a bad snap. So let's try to find an excuse because of why his, he was inaccurate. No. Nah, I, no. Nah. I, I don't think it even matters. But uh, poor Jake Moody, he kicks three field goals in the Super Bowl as a rookie, and he will. Not forget that game, or probably had a difficult time processing it because his blocked PAT right automatic automatic changed the way the game went from there. Instead, it is a big, huge difference between sixteen to thirteen and seventeen to thirteen. And it
2: wasn't the deciding play because the game went on, and there were tons of things that happened, and you know, you got to a point if you're if you're um, if you're the quarterback, right? If you're Brock Purdy. You're seeing that fourth down play where you didn't get, or the third down play, third and four, where you just you just couldn't get the ball out in time to the to, in the crossing pattern that would have had the first down, and then you're eating up all the clock, and there's no way they're coming back on it. You, let, you, know, he, you win the game. He left time. some
3: throws on the field. There's no doubt about it. He played. He did not play. Um, his play was not the reason they lost, no, but as Dustin fine. pointed out yesterday a couple of times, he, he wasn't the reason they won either.
2: No, I agree, but that's, that's his role.
3: That is his role.
2: That's it, it, kind of what he can do.
3: I don't think they're coming out of that asking themselves what are they going to do about the quarterback position. I do think they probably will have that conversation.
2: He makes less than a million dollars a year. That's
3: why they probably won't have a long conversation. You don't need to well, he, overreact.
2: You, you can't. Extend him even if you wanted to because he was the last he's got, guy he's seventh in, round pick. He's on this contract, yeah. You can't, and, and he's this like, is not his he, off season for an extension. If, if he was an undrafted free agent, you could extend him,
3: yeah. If he was Tyson Bajant, you yes, could extend him, exactly. Like the Bears could extend Tyson Bajant this offseason, they 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 to. To. yeah. They
2: don't <laughs> want that. Be to? something
3: before they trade Justin Fields, before they commit to Caleb Williams. Oh, we want to make an announcement about the quarterback position. What oh we've re signed Tyson they- Bajant to two years,
2: huh? I don't know. He's on a contract. It's just he's – you could tear it up. It doesn't have – the rookie contract, if you were drafted, you got three years and then you got the option. So they could give him a contract after next year, which they really ought to given the Probably fact that so. he's their
3: star. Purdy, uh, Purdy is a luxury right now that the 49ers are going to take advantage of right. for, for a while. Right, They'd be foolish to move on even though Helps the Kirk, pay everyone. the Kirk Cousins question will
2: linger, but I don't think that's the direction go- they'll go. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We're going to talk about uh, Patrick Mahomes in Chicago, it, we, just because he talked about it. We're going to talk about what would have happened here. Doesn't he like Matt Nagy? Isn't he a big fan of Matt Nagy? They hired Matt Nagy. Oh, uh, he, Matt Nagy and Patrick Mahomes are, are tight. So, it appears. So wouldn't that have worked? I'm saying it would have. Okay. Yes. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio six seven. To the score.
8: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
4: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes without missing a minute of the game.
8: You have forty-seven new voicemails.
0: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import Chicago,
1: Illinois.
5: best place I could have ended up. I mean with Coach Reed I think he lets you be you. I think that's the biggest thing is he doesn't try to change the way I play he just refines it and he just keeps making me better and keep preaching the fundamentals at the same time letting me go out there and uh, to play the game the way I play it and so it's um it it was the best place for me and and even more than that he makes me a better person every single day and um, that just speaks to the coach that he is um, and he's made me the, the best quarterback I could possibly be
2: mully Haw Chicago sports radio 6 seven the score that is the voice of Patrick Mahomes the very recognizable voice of the greatest quarterback of a generation a guy the Bears could have had in the draft but then everyone's like yeah they'd have ruined him when he got to Chicago who was the um head coach was that John Fox
3: John Fox in 2017
2: yeah and yeah. then they and then they signed Mike Lennon
3: yeah that would not have and probably Glennon, been a factor.
2: Glenn, Glennon started the first five games. I think they went one and three. It was four
3: games. They were one and three. Okay. And Mitch started the final 12.
2: And then Mitch and came And four and eight, yeah. Mitch so Chubiscus, if Mahomes had come in? Uh, well, if
3: Mahomes had come in, I, I don't know how they would have handled it. I don't think that Dow Loggins would have been the greatest uh, introduction to the NFL moment for Patrick Mahomes. I think there are a lot of reasons inherently that you would be skeptical and doubtful, and all of those things. I get that. I just think that there would have been a way that Patrick Mahomes would have made everyone around him better, mm-hmm. every coach around him smarter. I don't know if he would have played right away. I don't know how they would have ascended. and He would have ascended on the depth chart and when and where, and all of those things. But I do know this. like If you look at the 2018 team, you put him at quarterback, even though Mitch was a good player that year, Patrick Mahomes takes that team further.
2: Do you fire Foxy if Mahomes is here? Probably not. And then you're not out looking for Matt Nagy to work with Mahomes. Probably not.
3: It's it, interesting. It, it's yeah, interesting. It, it, just the whole dynamic. But, but of, the whole would Nagy. you
2: have the 2018 season? Would you still trade for? The uh, pass rush. It's just a the, lot the, of the interesting sequence element. of
3: events might have been different. Yeah, Nagy Mahomes' relationship wouldn't have been there because he never would have been in Kansas City. So you look at the presence of Patrick Mahomes in Chicago. It's just hard for me to fathom that somebody as good as he is, and frankly, it's just not, just not the on the field stuff. You hear Patrick Mahomes. Have you ever seen him not have time for anybody or anything? Have you ever seen him talk badly or poorly about a teammate? Have you ever seen him do anything except for say the right thing, do the right thing, and make everyone around him better? That's infectious. That's what happens when you get the right quarterback at the right time. And if the Bears had drafted Patrick Mahomes second overall in 2017, I think that he would have been the right quarterback at the right time for this
2: franchise. Let's try Mike. He's in Crown Point. Hey, Mike.
6: Hope you're doing well. A couple things you won't like to hear, but – I think the Bears organization would have screwed Patrick Holmes up. And the reason he's so good is you had Andy Reid, but you also had Alex
2: Smith. I'll uh, hang up and let you talk. I I think you're taking a gratuitous shot at Mike Lennon. That's what I mean. (laughs) I
3: understand, Mike, where you're coming from. This Bear organization has ruined almost every quarterback that's come through here. Or you could make the case that, You know, it was a bad environment for Jay Cutler to thrive. It was a bad environment for Rex Grossman to grow. Kyle Orton had his issues. You go back further than that, you have to go back to Jim McMahon to find a quarterback who had a positive experience. That's understandable. This is a cursed organization when it comes to the quarterback position. That said, Patrick Mahomes is this is the NFL's version of Michael Jordan. And I just feel like in that context. He would have, he would have risen. He would have elevated the level of performance for with everybody for everybody in the organization.
2: Uh, Everything's a problem.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Even that guy. Yeah. Even that guy would (laughs) have sounded smarter (laughs) and less cranky and old with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback.
2: Let's try Ming. Ming's on the road. Ming, hope you're well, buddy. How you doing?
6: Morning, morning. Uh, Not too bad. Good. 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 Hey, Ming. Hey, listen. Don't you understand that Nagy drafted Trubisky to give the false impression that he was better than Mahomes? Mahomes was dropped in KC.
3: Nagy wasn't here here when he drafted.
2: He was hired the next year. So, so um, Nagy came in in 2018, and one of the things that they wanted to, one of the things they talked to him about is, you know, the only way he got the job, frankly, Ming, is he said, oh. Trubisky, love him, loving him coming out, feel like I can really help him and work with him. So they wanted to make it work with Trubisky, and that is why they brought in uh, uh, Nagy. That's, yeah, they m- thought that system would help
3: Miss Trubisky. Trubisky had more to do with Matt Nagy being in Chicago than Matt Nagy had to do with yes. Trubisky being in Chicago. And it, and, it, and it worked for a year. It did. 2018 was a very good... Fun. It was a great defense. Special game. year doesn't. Yeah, they had the good defense. They had an offense that was complimentary, and they had uh, everything going on. You know, the, the the pity of that year was the way it ended, not the way it went. The way it went it was good enough that in the summer of 2019, there was a sense of enthusiasm surrounding the Bears that hadn't been there in years. So we forget that quickly, but I do think it. You know, it it seems like a long time ago. It will be five years this summer since there was that kind of enthusiasm. But I think right now you're beginning to look at what is possible, and this offseason could create that kind of energy if they make the right decisions.
2: I I think it's funny. uh, Texter checks in and says, if Mahomes is Jordan, don't forget organizations win championships. So that's the argument, that Mm -hmm. Bears organization couldn't have created what they had with Mahomes. Um, it's a
3: circular argument because I could make the, the the counter that, you know what, yes, that's true, but the Bulls organization and the decision makers well, were that, so much smarter with the presence of Michael Jordan. Uh,
2: let me tell you something. Michael didn't need Phil to win a championship. Michael Jordan was going to win titles. I know. And he won titles. You can say the same thing about Patrick Mahomes. I think that's I what think, I'm
3: saying. I think the Andy Reid – marriage is historically good. It's going to go down as one of the best ever collaborations with head coach and quarterback. We talked to Dan Pompey yesterday about some of that, but Mully, I think that allows and enables because of the symmetry where they are in their respective careers, them to win multiple championships. But again, we're, we're talking about one in Chicago. Would he have been able to win one here? If the bears had not made the blunder of a generation and passed on him in the 2017 draft, my sense is that I can say confidently, I feel like Patrick Mahomes would have won a Super Bowl in Chicago if he had been a bear.
2: Yeah, I do too. I, I you know, again, I, I, we're talking about a, a, you know, a dynasty now. And we're talking about all that they can do. They've got the one guy that is dynasty defining. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that player, you don't have a dynasty. It doesn't matter how good the tight end is, it doesn't matter if, uh, if your defense plays well, it comes down to the biggest moment, the guy that touches the ball on every offensive play, and the fact that, that he's just above everyone else in terms of what he can get done, highlighted by this terrible season, playoff run on the road, Super Bowl win in overtime. Come on, man. That's like a, that, it's like a story.
3: And if you insist on... Making the comparison and applying that to uh, the Bears situation. The takeaway is that what you just described, you could have the, you can be fixed at left tackle, you could be yes. fixed at running yes. back, you can be fixed at all of the positions and all of the playmakers. But what you're really searching for, the elusive thing when you're chasing a championship is that quarterback, is that difference maker, is that guy. And the Bears go into this offseason weighing one against the other. And what Sunday night did more than anything in Chicago was it reinforced the idea if you're chasing that one guy and you want to draft that guy first overall, you just saw the reasons why. You just saw the reasons why it potentially could be worth it.
2: Let's try Rob. Robson Edgewater. Hey, Rob.
6: Hey, what's going on, guys? Good morning. morning. Uh, listen, I just wanted to say that uh, I think Mah- Mahomes is an amazing quarterback. But, uh, you know, he's had some good weapons around him. Like, I mean, like him or not, uh, Kelsey is a great player. Uh, You know, they had Tyreek Hill. They've had a – Rob, Rob,
3: Rob, Rob, let let me ask you a question, though. Could you name the receiving core this year? They traded Tyreek Hill, and they won back-to-back Super Bowls without weapons. They won
2: back-to-back Super Bowls without Tyreek Hill. The running back is a seventh-round draft pick. He's as good (laughs) – a player as there is at the wide receiver position in the NFL. I, I don't buy
3: that argument. I don't, I don't think that's a good one. Well, I well mean, he doesn't have weapons that are proven players. He has guys that drop passes all year, and he believed in them. And then they came through in the clutch. They traded Tyree Kill and won back-to-back Super Bowls. Think about that.
2: That's unbelievable. That's really unbelievable when you, when you look at it.
3: <laughs> so Kelsey's like, great,
2: but Kelsey's who else? Kelsey's great.
3: Who else would be a starting?
2: I think Rasheed Rice has developed this year, and I feel like he's a good player. I feel like he's a guy that you can rely on and throw the ball to with regularity. Is
3: there anybody uh, on defensive uh, coordinator staff or or defensive coordinators going to design a scheme to stop Rasheed Rice? No. No, No. 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 Who's that receiver on this team? They don't have one.
2: No, they that I mean, look at look at the guy that scored the winning touchdown. Michael you know? Hardman spent 12 weeks in New York. Yes. It's then insane. he was then he was then he escaped. And then they brought him back. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do without Aaron Rodgers at age 42 or whatever is he in his 40
3: He's 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 second 40. Year, 41st, no, I yeah. think he's 41. Okay. He'll be 41.
2: Well, it's just an older quarterback. Yeah. Mature he's guy. He's a man, he's 40. Uh he should ask uh, you know, uh Montez Valdez-Scantling. Another guy? Like, yeah.
3: You think he's a number one on how many teams?
2: How um, many teams is he
3: the number one receiver? None. Okay. Well, he is on the uh, Chiefs.
2: Well, yeah.
3: He's uh, the number one wide receiver.
2: I, you know, one of the bets that I was touting all week long and I was shot down by our man in, uh, in KC was an anytime touchdown for him. I really felt like he was going to score a touchdown in the game. When he scored a touchdown, and I hadn't wagered on that, then you heard language. You heard foul, horrible language. It escaped me somehow. I thought I didn't even know I knew some of those words.
3: They were in like son a, of a, a foreign language.
2: Uh, you know, I I swore, country Irish. I swore in Lithuanian.
5: Did you really?
2: Didn't even know I had that in me. <laughs> you and the Joker. I haven't done that since high school. <laughs>
5: wow. Hey, how about Kyle Uscheck? Oh. scoring the prop on the second the second, second snap of the game. snap
2: of the game. Second
5: snap of the game.
2: He, had a, he, had a, he hit both of them, right? The, the receiving yard and, and, and the catch. The catch
5: and the over. Second that, snap of the game. You know, this goes back to the story. But you know what's so funny? Yeah. As soon as that happened, I thought two things. I said some language, too. and yes. wish I had more money at my disposal, which I didn't.
2: Right. Um, I and that. then
5: I also thought, though, about you and telling the story about when we were watching the game at Mandalay Bay the first time we went out to Vegas as a show to watch the game in Vegas and you being like, why are these people going nuts? It's four yeah, snaps it into was, the game. It was insane. That was the play. I was yelling yeah. at the Super Bowl party I was at and people were like, what are you doing? The guys knew what was up, but the wives exactly. didn't know what was up. Cause I put those Second, guys on that yeah. play too.
2: Second play of the game. He, he has this over under of one catch catches it. And it was like, and he gets 13, his yardage, four, whatever his yardage three and was. a half. It three and a half was his yardage. So he, he hits both those bets. That was uh, my best bet at the show. It was Dustin's best bet first, and we had talked it over. And, and then I'm Joe like, backed it up on that Friday. That is was a great bet. And then and then Joe backed Joe it up, backed up on it Friday. Joe backed it up, too. Yeah, I just thought it was a great bet. You know what I also thought coming out of that game? Why the hell didn't he play more? When he was on the field, they were better. They are a better team with him on the field. Oh, come on. And they sat him out a ton. I know, they, I know they're David, better They run the ball. They have weapons. They, listen to me. They got all the weapons. But they don't have the guy to get
5: the ball to the weapons, David, and that's their problem. They didn't
2: lose the Super Bowl because they didn't play the fullback enough. I'm going to tell you right now, if you play the the fullback enough, then you run the ball more. And what they needed to do, especially to start the second half, get the fullback in there, yeah. and run the damn ball. Don't go three and out three times. You know what you do?
3: Okay, if the fullback's oh on the field or off the field, maybe he's resting too.
2: What you do is you get
3: the ball to 23. I know he had 30 touches. I know that he was maybe overworked. But in the third quarter, when you neglected him, things changed yes. whether the fullback was in the field or well, not. that's,
2: that's how – get that power run. That is them at their best and the Chiefs at their worst. Yeah. And you make them – The the Chiefs ended up doing a lot of like kind of run blitzing, and they ended up stopping the run. Stay with it. Stay with it. They got. I'm telling you, when they when they went to that play where they threw the ball across the field, and it was great. I had no problem with that. It was a touchdown. It was a touchdown. It was so. You didn't like the touchdown? I thought it was lucky. It was a highlight. I thought it was kind of fortunate. The ball was up in the air Were you with Boomer? Did you
3: think it was a penalty? Boomer and dropped that at halftime. They never went back to it. It wasn't a penalty. On who? On the 49ers. You said it was a legal man downfield. Oh. I, oh, There was a guy
2: downfield. Yeah, He's right about that. I don't that. think it was illegal. I think um, they checked that out. Who knows? I don't know what they're... I didn't know what they checked out, but that... He was just too cutesy for me. Well, what happened to your guy? How did How did run Kyle the Shanahan, damn ball? How run did the Kyle ball. Kyle Shanahan lose his head. What happened to
3: Kyle Shanahan? He
2: didn't run the ball. What
3: happens to him in big
2: games? He comes out in the second half, and now he's going to wow you with his throws down the field. Who's the scapegoat? And, Who's the scapegoat in San Francisco? There's going to be one. There's going to be one. Who are they going to pick on? I don't Who's know. Gonna pay the price.
3: Who's going to pay the price? Steve Wilkes. Mm not going
2: to be Purdy. Yeah, you know, I told you. I didn't, Purdy's coming back. The, one of the reasons that I thought that the Chiefs would win the game, I, I it was form. I didn't like the way the defense was playing. I thought, how many times do you go to a Super Bowl and you start the week with the defensive coordinator screaming at everyone because they played so crap on Sunday? You know what I mean? Right. You know, hey, like Chase Young leads the league in loafs. You want to talk about a bad? Chase Young out. Let me tell you something. Out. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Please. Chase Young played that, well. That idiot, Tony Romo, is sitting there and he's like, oh, Chase Young, he got yelled at. Look what he's done with this sack. The guy missed him. That was a that was a bad that block was a, attempt. That was he never a bull hit him. Rush.
3: He made a move that he had no, been saving he, for three months. Listen, and he got to the quarterback. He wasn't
2: even blocked. Give him credit. The guy gave him a free run at the quarterback. He took it, and that was pretty much what he did. What about your guy Trent Williams? Two back to back penalties. I mean, that
3: what happened uh, there? Uh,
2: Trent Williams is my guy. He's a great player uh clearly the you got game him in the hall fixed. of fame and he was really he's in the hall of fame right, okay had he gone down their their offense would just stop he's that good a player well their offense stopped because of him well they they went backward because of him because yes. he had two consecutive penalties it happens to the greatest
3: Peoria Matt says David poo-pooing the fullback is this bizarre world
2: <laughs> I usually love fullbacks yeah. I think this guy gets a lot of credit he
3: gets—he's very good.
2: Well, he—he got—he he got the catch, he gets, and he cashed the ticket and the catch in the yards. So. Yeah, I know he
3: gets a lot of credit Keep for that. Keep him in the game. Keep him in the he's game. A, he's a good rot runner. You know, people are telling
2: me that I—I I got beat. I didn't get beat. I—I I picked the bloody Chiefs. Okay, I—I I complained about picking them. Yeah, you did. You, I didn't like the fact I, I figured, that the world picked them.
3: I did not I was not there on Sunday as you know. I thought by, by Sunday
2: you would have changed your mind. No. I, I was I was going back and forth and I finally got down to the nitty-gritty which is I went back and I watched some of the Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes lost. Mm-hmm. And I watched the way he played in that game. He was that's he was as good he was phenomenal. as phenomenal. He was absolutely – Remember that horizontal throw he made? Oh, horizontal everything throw. He did was he made, awesome. Yes. So I thought, okay, I'm not betting against this guy. I'd be an idiot to bet against this guy. Thank you. That's what I've been saying all week. You didn't hear me. I heard you. Then you heard me Sunday.
3: I wasn't even talking to you, and you heard me Sunday. (laughs) no. no, voice in your head. Oh, jeez. On Friday, I made my
2: pick. That's my pick. I didn't change it. I said if I was going to bet it, I might bet the Niners. And believe me, when they were up 10, I regretted that I didn't (laughs) jump in. Did you really go back and watch an old Super Bowl? I did. Uh Oh. I'm sorry, but I like to do (laughs) stuff like that. I just wanted to clarify in my own mind and I watched it on YouTube. It wasn't like it took an hour. That was against the Bucks, right? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. And, that, he played, and he played. Oh, no, he had no. That
3: defense dominated that game. The there Bucks. was
2: There was no uh, offensive tackles in the game. They played just with the position empty. That's I, I, what it
3: looked I, like. I, I know we're going to get to Dave, but I want to ask Dave about this. When you look at the metrics for this game, the Super Bowl, Steve Spagnuolo blitzed the heck out of the 49ers. Yeah. I think 68% of the time. Is the most they have seen all year long. Played a lot of man I coverage. Feel like he, I feel like trusted he trusted guys. I feel like
2: some of that they was, had to be different. Was you know run blitz stuff. I really feel like they they had to do something to change what was going on. That will get over in the game. And
3: all this Mahomes praise. Well, he's, he's but it shouldn't.
2: He's won four as an assistant. Wow! Come on now, it's wow. pretty good. You want to know how to win? Get the guy. Get that guy. Get Dave Tolle. Get, get that kind of staff together. And uh, and let the other team not know how to handle overtime. All right, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We're gonna stick with your phone calls. We'll be right back, Mully and Hall on the. Screen.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Cool.
4: With the second pick in
6: the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Well, North
2: hello. <laughs> do you remember Peter King was hanging out with San Francisco? Yeah, I remember that, that. I do remember that. And he was in their draft room. Yeah. And they were trading that pick, and they could not figure out what, who they were going for or what they wanted. They Why are know. they moving
3: up? Why are they moving up? Why are they giving up what they gave up? I think that a lot of us felt like at the time, Ryan Pace was acting with conviction, and finally they're going to get their guy. And we know what happened next. And why are we playing that this morning? Well, Mitch Trubisky is a former Steeler, so he's on the street. He's going to be joining his fourth team if he signs with somebody next. And everything is in the context of... Patrick Mahomes, and the Bears are one of those teams, one of the teams that passed. The one team, really, well, pass. Well, that kind of passed. The one I'm team most saying. associated with Patrick Mahomes.
2: How'd you like to be the Bills? Remember I mean, when he was in here and he was counting down? I where remember
3: they- that on Sunday Night Football. The Bills, though, they traded the pick, right? Think the Bills? They have Josh Allen, I get it, but they feel good about their quarterback position. But every team's got to feel a sense of regret that passed on this kind of talent and this kind of player and the kind of guy that elevates everybody in the organization.
2: Three one two 6, 67, 67. Let's try Colin. Colin's on the road. Hey, Colin. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Um, Hey, like Patrick Mahomes
9: is great and I get that, but like we, I, I don't know why we put so much on the quarterback when it is clearly also so heavily tied
6: to the coaches. If you think about the two touchdowns scored, they are wide open, and that's design and not something special that's going on other than the design. And if you think back to last year's Super Bowl too, the touchdown to Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney, both wide open too. And Pat's great, but that's so heavily on Andy Reid.
2: Well, let me ask something. Let's swap quarterbacks. So let's say that uh, the Niners have Patrick Mahomes under center. And Andy Reed has Zach Purdy. What's the result?
6: With Andy Reed's system in his mind and given his past with the Eagles too, I don't see there being a huge difference.
3: I, I, That's I don't think I don't me. think you're watching the same game then. I, with due respect. I, I don't think that I come away from that being convinced that any quarterback could succeed with Andy Reid calling the plays or designing the offense. I think it makes it more conducive for guys like Purdy and Alex Smith and guys who don't have Patrick Mahomes' physical capabilities. But I think when you talk and you listen to people who are Hall of Fame players, proven analysts, they watch Patrick Mahomes, the physical talent and the gifts he have are God-given and rare. He can do what other people can't.
2: Let me ask you something. Has he reached a stage now where it, it's no longer um, Patrick and Andy? It's no longer Tom Brady and Belichick. Could he go to Tampa and win a Super Bowl there? Well, yes, I think he could, but I don't, I don't want to take it. I think anything. he knows the secret. I, 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 is I do my think point. he knows
9: the
3: secret. Yes, I, I, I think the answer to that is yes. We saw that with Tom Brady. It's about the players, not necessarily the plays. That doesn't take anything away from what Andy Reid has accomplished. He's got three Super Bowls, too. He went a long time. He was the Kyle Shanahan of his generation in his first turn losing Super Bowls and the guy who couldn't win the big one. But I think he got past that. I just think there are ways to praise both guys without diminishing either one's importance. I think saying that Patrick Mahomes couldn't succeed without – Andy Reed or saying that another quarterback, any quarterback could is like saying that Michael Jordan needed the triangle offense. He didn't No, it helped, no.
2: but it, it helped his teammates. He didn't. No, He was, he you know defied what I mean? all that. Yeah. I agree. Um, am I calling, am I calling Brock Purdy, Zach Purdy again? <laughs> the damn white Sox man, they have led me out. I've got nothing left. They've ruined me as a human. Let's try Daryl. He's listening on the Odyssey app. I apologize to the Purdy family.
6: Good, good morning. Um, you know, to me, Trubinsky was. Uh, you know, when we drafted him, and you just played it, mm. it was a big boo from Bears fans. And when we when we drafted Trubinsky, and this is how the curse was broken, uh, Dave, they cheered, and, they, and they're still. The fans are still cheering Justin Fields. And if you look at the Super Bowl game. And the way they contained and blitzed Purdy, uh, there was no fear uh, uh, from the defense that he would beat him. But if you put the, when, 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 um, uh, Fields has the ball, he's sort of like, uh, uh a playmaker like, uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's feared by defenses all over the league. And he could take, and you know, he could take the ball to the house when the ball's in his hand. You didn't have that with Trubisky. And you never had that with a Bears quarterback. Ever, the uh, threat. Okay, of, uh, and I'm not going to
2: argue this very long, but I would tell you that we know that the wow plays from Justin Fields, the ability to take off, how good he is, he'd be spectacular to watch on a big stage like that. I think it would be extraordinary. Yeah. The reality is that a guy like Brock uh, Purdy is the head, is the quarterback. Of the team because he has the brain of the head coach and he can throw those crossing routes and he can throw all those plays that he hit in time on time and their offense moves as a result of it. But, He's got all these weapons around. But, Justin Fields is not a guy that can really that can really throw the ball in. T- he, he would he, leave he, a lot of those passes. He wouldn't...
3: On the field. Yes. He'd leave a
2: lot of those yards on the field. That's the sad reality. This
3: wasn't a conversation intended to disparage Justin Fields in any way, but the question was asked. What Brock Purdy did this year in having 4,200 passing yards, 31 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, rallying his team three times in the postseason, you have to give him credit for that. He did bring the 49ers back in Super Bowl Sunday. Molly, what Brock Purdy has done this year was he's he's shown people he's he processes the information quickly that's his superpower he processes things at a, at a rate where other quarterbacks don't with due respect to justin fields I'm not sure that he would be able to do that I think that we have seen times time and time again where he's been unable to do that so there's not making those throws in time on time the reason these offenses have tempo is because the quarterback is an extension of the play caller and he's processing things as quickly as is necessary. So he's throwing to that open window that might not be open right now, but he's anticipating the throw. Justin Fields' biggest struggle, and he got better at it with due respect, but he's not anticipating things at the rate that you need to, to run most offenses. So the speed of Justin Fields is unmatched among quarterbacks. Yep. He's fast, he's big, he's strong, he's athletic. And, yeah, he's a threat to go to the, to the end zone every play. You don't grade the flashes. You grade every play.
2: It's the reality of it. And, and I don't honestly care if the fans cheer or boo when you select a quarterback. That's irrelevant. You know, famously, uh, Mister. famously uh, Donovan McNabb was booed heartily. By the fine folks of Philadelphia, who would boo anyone? Yeah. And he ended up going to five championship games under Andy Reid, and he ended up playing in the Super Bowl, which they didn't win. Andy Reid didn't win until he got to Kansas City, and um, and that's the reality, too, when you start picking apart. Andy Reid didn't win until he got Patrick Mahomes. That's what I was saying based on our our, uh, Belichick kind of Brady conversation. Mm -hmm. Tony's in Wonder Lake. Hey, Tony.
6: Hey, guys. Guy, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. It was a great Super Bowl, one of the more competitive ones I've seen in a long time. But I I feel nobody's paying as much attention as they should to the fact that Greenlaw got hurt on a celebration.
2: We talked about it earlier. Well, in my opinion. It wasn't a celebration. It wasn't a celebration. He was running onto the field. He was jacked up. He jumped up and down a few times and then started to run, and he blew out his Achilles. And you know... The, like what was it? The fourth play of the year? Rodgers blew out an Achilles. What? There were a lot of Achilles injuries this year. Where's that coming from? Well, and let me ask something. How do you prevent an Achilles injury? Do we even know what you can do? What? Reg might a buddy of mine playing basketball went up for a shot and and. You know, just taking a shot from the corner blew out as a killer. I don't
3: know. I don't know how you avoid that. I don't know if you stretch beforehand. I don't know if you stretch too much. I really don't know the answer to that. Dre Greenlaw was excited to get on the field. That's it. It looked like his spike might have got caught in the turf. Are we blaming the turf this time? I, I, was it the turf to blame for Aaron Rodgers?
2: He's running on I, the field. I don't and, know. And he blew out his Achilles, man. And that hurts them. That oh, He's a very important player. Well,
3: a couple people pointed out. And he's out for the out, year. Yeah, a couple people pointed out yesterday that he might have made some plays that his replacement was unable to make. Right. It's a fair assumption. I don't know what what the cause was, but if I'm the 49ers, I'm sure they're trying to examine do, do you worry about the field? Do you I, worry listen, about they I, came in complaining about practice field conditions, so I can't imagine the soft, they're gonna leave this one. The
2: soft field led to all I these injuries. Not that. Not didn't, not Monday. Not Tuesday. No. I'm saying didn't Debo do a hammy in the game, left and came right back. Did he play? I, I don't know how did he play did he play? That's beautiful. I think he did. He was nowhere. He was down with a hamstring injury at one point, and he came out. Yeah. And he went back. He in. Went back in. And ditto George Kittle. George Kittle was in that game. He had. He was on the injury report the week before. He had. He has like a toe problem. They didn't use him much. Then he hurt his shoulder. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's one of their best players. Ditto Debo. If, if those guys aren't able to contribute in the same fashion, it's a different football game.
3: I don't know that Debo was limited by injuries until that happened, and I think he was neglected largely. It wasn't a great way. They didn't get their weapons involved. No, they did A lot of that had to do with Steve Fagnolo, as we talked about. Sure. They played a lot of man coverage. They took the 49ers out of their comfort zone, and we saw what happened. Brock Purdy was good, but he wasn't good enough.
2: Bob's on the road. He's got to complaint. Hey, Bob.
9: Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Uh yeah, okay, I got a couple things really. First, uh I want to talk about this idea that Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now, but you know they have a stat defensive adjusted value over average, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to create a stat era adjusted value over average because I'd like to see Patrick Mahomes play in an era where you couldn't whine about getting tackled too hard. There was a play in the third quarter of that game, third and six, Mahomes gets out to the left side, runs, gets two yards to the fir- away from the first down. There's three nine there, All the Niners hold up, they kind of push him and shove him, he falls for the first down. If that was the 2003 Baltimore Ravens, Ray Lewis, not only would have they not got the first down, he would have broke him in half, jumped up, hold his fist in the air, fourth down, and Patrick Mahomes may not have gotten up. So this whole idea that he is great, there is no athlete that has benefited more than the quarterback from rule changes in all of sports. So this whole idea that He's Mahomes got
2: three is great. He's great. Come on, Bob. He's great. He's got three titles, and he doesn't. And he's been because, to a fourth. Do you see and he's whiner? Been in, he doesn't seem like a whiner no. to me. He seems like a pretty tough guy. He fought for those extra yards to get there uh.
9: first.
2: Oh God, Dustin agrees. That was commercial.
9: Oh, the well, whining,
5: the
2: whining part, let, okay, the whining let's, part. Let's hold on to that because we're going to talk to Coach Wanstead next. We will eventually let you have a moment to complain about complainers or whatever the hell you want to do. You can whine. Coach Wanstead joins us next, mercifully. Mully and Haw on the score.
4: Dave Wanstead, Bears head coach for six seasons.
8: The Bears. The Bears.
4: Super Bowl champion. How about this, Cowboy? Yeah! He has the greatest mustache you've ever seen. Some say it's a symptom of manliness. Others a cause. The mustache. One he hanging out with Mully and Haw on six seventy the score. Open up the door, it's Dave. Who? Dave D A V E.
6: Dustin, I, we're not going to waste air time on that. Okay. Thank <laughs> <you>. Next question. <laughs> thank you. Next question. Dave, thank Next you very question.
4: Much. Dave Wednesday,
2: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score, and now joining us on the Circus Sports Illinois hotline is the great man himself, Dave Wanstead. Download the Circa Sports app today. Coach, good morning. How are you?
6: I'm doing good, guys. Um, yeah, God, I can't believe it's, uh, you know, this season is in the books. It's hard to believe, right? And we started back in, what, August. Uh, but it was, a, it was a great finish. It was a great finish. Yeah. It really was obviously a lot to talk about. But uh, it, was, uh, it, it kept you there the whole game, that's for sure.
3: Dave, why did Kyle Shanahan want the ball first in overtime? What would you have done?
6: Yeah, well, yeah, you never want Patrick Mahomes to have the football last, right? I mean, that's uh, – I think that's kind of an unwritten rule in the NFL. You know what? I, was he not clear of the rule change, you know, right. about about the touchdown? I don't know. Uh You know, I I heard rest in the defense. I don't buy into that. Come on. I mean, that's uh, they had plenty of time in between. It's a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know. I I have no idea Um, because, like you say, you know, even if they score, you know, here comes Patrick again. So uh, maybe he had a lot more confidence in his defense than, than what I had possibly.
2: Dave, you know, I think when we uh, looked at it and talked about it, they obviously were on the field, and then the Chiefs march down and tie the game, right? And they go to overtime. And then, as you say, are you trying to protect your defense? We timed it, and it was just under seven minutes from the field goal to taking the first play in overtime. And I'm just curious... How much time does a defense need? You know, if if you feel like your group is being run over by a guy, you just don't want to go right back on the field with that. I don't buy it either. But how much time do you need for a defense? Do you, do, if you're leading that defense and they come to the sidelines, don't you kind of get on their ass a little bit and and say, hey, we believe in you, we're going right back on defense, something like that.
6: Absolutely. And the defensive players should be saying that, you know, and the defensive coordinator should be saying that, I mean, there shouldn't have to be a whole lot of discussion, you know, Hey, let's go win the game right here. Uh, So no, I don't, I mean, got seven minutes. I'd almost be concerned that our guys were getting cold on the sideline, you know, sitting around, getting out of rhythm, losing their mental edge. Uh, No, that's plenty of time. I wouldn't buy into that, that they needed more rest at all.
3: Dave, it was a risk that paid off, but Steve Spagnolo came after the 49ers more often and frequently with the Blitz than any team I think they had faced. With those weapons, it was a risk. What went into that decision, do you think, and how big of a difference did that make?
6: Well, it did. They, you know, The 49ers did not Blitz at all the first half, and Kansas City blitzed 50% of the time. So you're right, David, a drastic difference in philosophies. Uh, I was surprised because when you do blitz, it kind of makes the reads easier for the quarterback because now if you are playing man coverage, guys are one-on-one, and now you're just betting that that your rushers are going to put enough pressure and get to the quarterback before he can make an accurate throw. That's what you're really betting on. Uh, You know, the other statistic that this is – I, I took the 49 I, I told you guys last week, I didn't like this game as far as betting on it. I like the quarterback and the coaches at Kansas City, but I like the talent of the 49ers. I took them because I thought they were the most explosive team by a long shot. and that never happened. I don't think they had a play, a pass play over 25 yards in the whole game. So not only did Kansas City put pressure on Purdy and do a good enough job covering them. But they did not give up the big play. And that's what, can, that's what the 49ers were doing is breaking tackles and coming up with explosive plays all year. And the Chiefs did an outstanding job of, of limiting the big plays and truly making them go the long, hard way. Dave, we, we talked
2: before the game that the Niners, when they're in 21 personnel, they – they are about as good a running team as there is in the league, and they're great on first down doing that. And the Chiefs—that's their—that's their problem. They're twenty-eighth in the league during the regular season, facing that formation with the running back and the and the uh, and the fullback. And you know, you saw some of that early in the game, but then you get to halftime and you come out and you throw six passes in a row by going. Uh, three and out three times to open it. I I feel like they kind of lost their identity at some point. And even at the end of the game, you know, they got a first down at the, I think it was at the 15 and McCaffrey cracks six yards to the eight yard line. They kind of try to run him again and then they give up on it. I'm not sure if you wouldn't just run him two more times, he wouldn't score a touchdown.
6: It seemed like, and I know the statistics don't say that, but it seemed like he was making five yards of carry. Right. You know, even, I mean, when you look at the big picture and uh, and you just have that belief, to this day I do, that's given him the ball enough, and uh, sooner or later he's going to break one. You know, particularly, I mean, they're getting tired on the other side, too. I remember coming in at halftime of our first Super Bowl there at Dallas, and we would always get together for two minutes, myself, Jimmy, and Norv, because I'm not watching what's going on in offense. I don't know if Norris feeling good about scoring points. You know, we did this all year. Or, you know, if, if he's and, – and he has no idea how I feel defensively. Hey, we, we can't stop you. So we would get together for two minutes, and Jimmy would just say, okay, here's where we're at, guys. And the one comment that came up is Emmett was averaging about two yards of carry, and, and Norris says, boy, Jimmy, we are going to have a tough time running the ball the second half. And Jimmy looked at him and says, Give Emmett the ball. Those two yard runs will be four yard runs in the fourth quarter. And I think Emmett ended up with over, he was one of three backs that had over 100 yards rushing in the Super Bowl, and he averaged about four and a half or, I don't know, four something, five yards a carry, whatever it was. But the point is that, no, that's important. And why they came out and threw it, uh, oh, God. And I know he had a lot of carries, but if you ask him right now, I promise you, McCaffrey would say, give me the football. The great ones want like the ball, particularly down the stretch.
2: All right, we'll be right back with Coach Wanstead. We're just getting started. It's Mully and Haw on The Score.
4: Dave Wanstead hanging out with Mully and Hall on 670 The Score.
2: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Love talking to Coach Wanstead. Dave, we talked a little bit earlier about kind of some of the, the mistakes, maybe some of the penalties, some of the missteps uh, early in that game. And then you get down to it, and you got a guy in Mahomes that can just lead his team down the field and win the game. And it, it was reminiscent of Tom Brady, and it was sort of one of those things where you realize this is a guy on, on the top of his game getting things done and when you look at their season, this is almost like a down year for them, right? They, they barely, they, they struggled to get into the playoffs. They had all the drops and penalties and all the problems. And then lo and behold, they, uh, they go into Buffalo. I can't win on the road. They go into Baltimore. I can't win on the road. And here they are, champions again. It's amazing to have a quarterback that good. Yeah,
6: absolutely. And, you know, I think one of you guys made reference to Tom Brady. I know you just did there, Molly, but yeah, I think you got to appreciate the talent. I mean, and they got good players. You don't make it in the NFL unless you got good players, but they don't have the skill. Patrick Mahomes does not have the skill players that the 49ers have by any stretch of the imagination, uh, from the running backs to the receivers, uh, the tight end he does. I would, you know, Kittle, I think, is right there with Kelsey. Uh, but the rest of the group, you know, he's doing it without a great supporting cast. Uh, the, the, against Baltimore, I think I made this comment last week. When he was throwing those two- and three-yard passes to Kelsey uh, and just high-percentage throws because Baltimore was playing a coverage that was not going to give him the big play down the field, that, remind, that says, okay, this is a quarterback that matured. He's, he gets the big picture. And then against the uh, the 49ers in the Super Bowl, the, the 49ers are not a blitzing team. And they had to blitz at the end to try to stop them. And the minute that they lined up in man coverage, he ran a little pick play. A couple of times, uh, a man-beater, give Andy Reid credit, or Matt Nagy, who's ever calling the place. But still, you can tell your quarterback that. But if your quarterback doesn't understand the coverage and if he doesn't understand the concept, he's not going to realize who's open and get him the ball in time because it's a blitz, so the ball's got to get out quick. So from a combination of, of big picture uh, to understanding the coverages Boy, that's what just – and then his athletic ability. I would love to talk to the defensive line coach at, at the 49ers and Nick Bosa. I mean, you know how many times he lost contain in mm-hmm. that game where Mahomes got outside the pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that should never, ever happen, guys. So give Mahomes credit. You know, everybody says, oh, he's a great athlete. Well, you're a great athlete too, and your job is not to let him get out there and 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 – Bide more time. Make him throw the ball on time. That that would be the plan I would have. Make him throw the ball on time. And that didn't happen enough in the game.
3: Dave, every league is a copycat league, but it's impossible to mimic Mahomes. When teams look at what the Chiefs did, maybe even the 49ers to a lesser degree, but is there a takeaway for teams that did not get to the Super Bowl that they concluded after watching the Super Bowl, this is what we need to do better? This is what we need to try now. Is that the way this is viewed, or is it just, okay, everyone concedes. There's only one Patrick Mahomes. We don't have him, so we've got no shot.
6: Well, I, I think it, it, it brings two things to my mind. Number one, I'm, I'm into the mental aspect with Mahomes. You know, uh, not just a great athletic ability. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that are every bit as athletic, okay, maybe more so. But could they make those decisions, guys? When it's zone, soft zone, and would they dump it off? Okay, it's blitz. We gotta have to run a pick play. I gotta get this is a guy that's gonna be open. That's what's that. That's to me uh, a lot of a, a lot of quarterbacks. Most of them can't do that. And then you throw in his unscripted plays, and uh, and you have unscripted plays, and and guys are, you know, not making accurate throws. So, so to me, it's it's the mental part with Patrick Mahomes first, and then second, it's the athleticism and the skill to move around, to adjust, and, and put pressure on the defense a lot of different ways.
2: We talked a little bit about uh, Trent Williams and how good a player he is, and he had two um, penalties in a row. But according to the analytics, he did not allow a single pressure in 44 pass-downs, which is pretty extraordinary uh, for a player even one as gifted as he is. How did you, how did you rate his game? And, and uh, when we look at individual performances, we don't really talk about linemen much.
6: No, I, I think he's been a force all year. I mean, you know, the, the numbers you just gave – Molly, um, you know, that supports it. I I think it's it's kind of unusual, though, to have an offensive lineman that might be the <laughs> the leader of your offense, maybe the leader of your team. And as the season evolved, uh, Trent Williams became that guy. He's the first guy out of the locker room, you know. So I think that adds a lot to it when people are looking at players. You're seeing the performance, but you're also seeing, particularly with an offensive lineman, what does this guy bring to the table up and above just his great performance. And, uh, and Trent Williams does that. I mean, he does it all. He's a complete guy.
3: Dave, there was an ugly incident during the game, and I don't care if it was a Super Bowl, and I'm not really that interested in who Travis Kelsey is, you can yell at your coach, you can show that emotion, you can't bump him. The physical the physical uh, altercation, if you will, with Travis Kelsey bumping Andy Reid on the sidelines Bad look for everybody. How did you view it? What do you think about the explanation for it? Because everybody seems to want to forgive and forget they did win, so all is well that ends well. But that was something you really can't tolerate, can you?
6: And and I I don't believe it was intentional. I'm going to stay with that, guys. I think that uh, I think he was running down to voices, a loud opinion, absolutely. But as far as trying to put his hands on Andy or do something, I – I, I got I to gotta side with the majority of fans and, and, and say, you know what, it, it was. I just can't believe that. I, I, knowing Kelsey and knowing his relationship with Andy, he was frustrated. He's pressing, but by no means did he mean for anything to be a physical altercation. I, I would be, I, I, I'm not going to come off of that. Unless he says it otherwise, I'm not coming off of that. That opinion.
3: Any player ever accidentally bump into you on the sidelines, Dave?
6: <laughs> no, but I've had guys scream at me. You know, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh scream at me. You know, how come guys can't get open? I says because that's what we got. You know, then run it. Wow. I, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? but so that happened. Zach Thomas, I mean Charles Haley threatened to whip my tail. You know, at halftime of the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game. He was screaming at me because the forty ers were trying to get even with him, so they were only running at him. He was convinced. And uh so he came in and screamed, You gotta so we had a little shouting match at halftime and uh uh yeah, you know, so to answer your question, I've I've gone down that road. I think most coaches have with some great players that wanna win. <laughs> you know
2: what I mean? I, I... I think maybe Skip wrote about this in his book that Haley was such a lunatic. They lost the game with San Francisco one time, and they said that he tore up the locker room, and then he was in the fetal position, and he wouldn't get up. And they, when you guys were talking about getting him, someone told Jimmy that story, and he said, that's what I want. I want a guy who cares as much as I do.
6: Yeah, well, he was coming after – it was hilarious. I We don't have time to get into the whole story, but it was <laughs> – Thank goodness that Tony Casillas was as crazy as he was and and Tony always had, out of Oklahoma, Tony always had my back, so I I needed help that (laughs) halftime. David, we were
3: we're talking about any Bears uh, takeaways from this, and I know the gap between the two teams and the Bears is much further than the distance between Chicago and San Francisco, but when you look at what the Chiefs did, what the 49ers did, do you see anything that will be applied to what the Bears are trying to do?
6: Well, you know, and I come from the school now where the Matt Eberflus, the Lovie Smith, Tony Dungy, where we were four down guys and not blitz much. But as that game was going on, I kept saying, here comes the 49ers, and it's not that they don't know blitzes. I mean, you know, Steve Wilkes, he can, the defense coordinator, can drop 1,000 blitzes, but it, they are blitzes. You must practice them and practice them and practice them, guys. And so, uh, you know, and I think Kloos did that. You know, when he started calling defenses, they weren't just the vanilla four-front play coverage. They did incorporate and really jumped up in the blitz categories statistically pretty good. So I like what the Bears are doing there. To answer your question, defensively, I think they're right where they need to be. I I think offensively, wow. You know, I'm going to go back to my statement. To Justin Fields, when you saw him make those plays, you know, I mean, does Justin get the big picture? I don't know this. I hope so. But does he understand when to dump it off? And does he understand when it's a blitz coming and and check? You know, all those mechanical things. You know, I would hope so. Because if he doesn't have it now, then uh, then he probably won't get it to the point where you have to have it to win a Super Bowl. And, um, you know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes was their leading rusher. How about that? Who was the leading rusher for the Chiefs? It was Mahomes, 60 yards or whatever he had rushing. So, you you know, having a guy that's an athlete's good, you know. I mean, everyone's going to say Mahomes is probably – or Caleb Williams is probably a closer mold of uh, P- Patrick Mahomes as compared to Justin Fields, I don't know. I don't know. He might be, you know, he might be, guys. That's where where this kid's at from a mental standpoint and understanding the game. That's to me is the determining factor. It's not going to be the athletic ability. It's going to be like the big picture. Does this kid get it? Or or does Drake May get it? Right. Um, that to me that would separate. Remember what I told you guys? Talent sets the floor. All these guys got the talent. Justin Fields got the talent. You know, the the other intangibles set the ceiling.
2: Dave, we asked a question this morning about Ryan Poles being there when they won a Super Bowl and then taking the Bears job and wondering how does he feel as he watches them continue winning and should he have stayed and gotten more rings or did he make the right decision to go run his own team? And, and you went through that. You you obviously won a Super Bowl with uh, Dallas, and their run wasn't over, but but your time there was, and you came and took the Bears job. Did you ever have any regrets when you watched their success, or did you not have enough time because you were too busy trying to have that success here?
6: No. You know what, Molly, and Yeah, the Dolphins won another Super Bowl, okay, mm-hmm. but, and Kansas City won. But I think there's a philosophy in coaching, Uh, as with players and coaches, when you're hot, you're hot, and it can turn quick. You know what I mean? Who's to say that the next year if Ryan Poles turns his job down and he stays at Kansas City, that Patrick Mahomes gets hurt and he can't play, and then who knows who's their – you know, what happens. So I I think if you want to be the man in charge, which Ryan obviously does and did and is, then when you get the opportunity, if it excites you, you take it. You don't you don't wait. You don't look back. I, as I said, when you're hot, you're hot, and things can change very quickly in the NFL year to year.
2: Did you tell that to Ben Johnson? Yeah, no kidding. That's, a,
3: <laughs> that's the first thing that comes to mind.
6: Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's, uh, that's an interesting one. Yes, absolutely it is. <laughs> Dave, I don't what's, know
3: what's going on in Pittsburgh? They cut Mitch Trubisky. So he's yeah. going to be on his fourth team. Does he have a home? Will he have a roster spot in the NFL next year?
6: Well, you know, Mason Rudolph, who they drafted in the second round back when, right. I think it was the second or third round, you know, when, when he came in, when, when Pickett got hurt and Mitch flumbled around a little bit, Rudolph came in and actually played good down the stretch. So I think that they're looking at this thing and saying that we got Pickett and we got Mason Rudolph, and right now uh, Mitch is the guy out. And
2: they didn't waive him or cut him. They mutually agreed. Oh, I'm sorry. Mitch decided yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm sick of making 10 million a year or 9 million a year. I want out of here so I can sign a contract for what? 2.5 somewhere.
6: Yeah. He might make, he might get more than that, Molly. Who knows? You know? Yeah. But it's uh, not much. No, probably not much, you know, cause he, yeah. Cause now he's got some film as a backup, but who knows, you know, who knows? I mean, good for him but uh, that, i think that's what's behind that steeler uh, steeler decision
3: Dave, absolutely did you, did you like the halftime show did you like usher
6: uh you know what i didn't think it was bad i mean i i i like usher i thought he did a nice job uh yeah i uh, i i did not have a problem with it i did not uh i'm i'm
2: curious you know when you see mike zimmer return to dallas did they call you too
6: no, oh, God, no, no, <laughs> absolutely not. No. Isn't that it's, a uh, weird
2: one, that, that Mike Zimmer is the guy to go back Rex there? Ryan thought it was going to be him. Yeah, he said it. I
6: did read that. What was Rex thinking? God, you know? <laughs> he thought I mean, they come, weren't
2: coming to terms on money.
6: Yeah, well, I, money is not a problem. That's the last thing Jerry's worried about, <laughs> you know, if he wants you. But Zim was there when with Parcells, you know, in all those years, and, and Zim did a nice job, and uh, – and Zim is is active. He was still involved with coaching. I think he was out there in Colorado. You know what I mean? So he's been in the game. It's not like he's went away and done TV for five years and he's coming back. So he's up to speed on what's going on. Uh, and uh, he has a good relationship with Mike McCarthy. So I, I think there was a good fit that way, you know?
3: Dave, I was still stunned. Uh, I think we all were. The level of, I think just the the number of players who didn't know the rules in overtime who came out afterward. The 49ers are saying they never discussed it. Uh, McCole Hardman didn't even know he won the the Super Bowl. How how much do coaches, how much should coaches explain these things going in? Because it's kind of embarrassing to the 49ers coaching staff to have as many players as came out afterward not aware of what was at stake and just how the overtime was structured
6: yeah that that is crazy because uh you generally talk about overtime. you generally practice overtime, at least walk through it uh you know as a staff and as a team um, yeah that was that, that was a little bit strange and 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 particularly if there are some changes to the role, like we're talking here, as far as we touched on, each team gets a possession uh, or they adjust the role because the officials come in every year at training camp and as you guys know, and they say, okay, these are the locked in changes for the upcoming season and they'll, they'll talk about it. So, you know, it, it had to have been addressed. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, that, that did surprise me. That did surprise me a little bit. Absolutely. It's great
2: stuff, Dave. Great catching up with you. Really appreciate your time. Thanks Dave. Uh, all right, guys. Good talking to you. Bye. Uh, Mike Zimmer, local guy, made good though. We should mention Lockport he was uh, yeah went to Lockport High. I believe he was a three sport athlete. He was a football player and a uh, baseball player, and I think a wrestler. I remember talking to him about it one time. Isn't that it's something? Kind of, yeah. He's working now
3: for Mike McCarthy after all those years in the NFC North, coaching against him, Packers, Vikings. These are the kinds of things that. Um, You know, he never gets out of your blood. Mike Zimmer returns to Dallas. At the tender age of 67. Call defenses. So, he's still, I think, younger than Vic Fangio.
2: Okay. Probably right. Younger than Vic. Younger than Vic. Uh, Great coach. Uh, I mean, I'm happy that he's there. Mike Zimmer? Born in the Chicago suburb of Peoria. (laughs) Was Mike Zimmer born in Peoria? I think he was born in Peoria, but then you know obviously okay. high school you know law. a lot about his have you written I th- that story I have before talked to him okay yes. yeah can you tell yes, yeah i think so i love the local guys would Make you it autograph good. it if i if asked may, i if you brought it in then I you wrote would, it out i would like to do that i would definitely i would like you to sign michael, michael mulligan a, on, on, old, on an old sometimes um, Please, i think do. i signed mike mulligan because mike mulligan was my name on i would the prefer story. michael
3: if you're gonna sign an autograph i want michael i want all your
2: cursive so you're stealing another check are you mr david Hey, I just need an autograph here for a friend. That's my checkbook. I don't, nobody writes checks anymore, Molly. Uh, you, maybe you don't, but I think we still do, don't we? It's all automated.
3: Venmo, PayPal, all, right. all the yeah. other stuff. I don't know. I'm sure I'm missing one.
2: I don't know what else anyone was, Brandon's laughing auto, at me. autograph for. Not Venmo anymore. No, you got them on Venmo, okay. Cash App, Zelle. No, Cash there app. You go,
3: Zelle. Yeah, Zelle. That's the one my son used Zell. Zelle. Yeah. Zelle. Oh, bad, bad connotation there.
2: Really, That's... Sam Zell? No, I was doing Zell from uh, from Marathon Man. Okay, when the the old woman notices the Nazi criminal walking through the uh, that was at the tip of the my tongue. Well, I'm, I know it's a long time ago. <laughs> Zell, Zell, great movie. Uh, still holds up. Maybe Does it? Not. No, probably not.
3: Watch it tonight.
2: Yeah, all right. Molly and Haw Chicago Sports Radio six seven. It's- Hey, hey,
4: so I've got a church right bunch, F, shuttle, Tom and Jerry, right, yellow. Orange, 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 let's go!
9: 13 seconds to go in the overtime. We're good, we're good! A touchdown wins the game. Right side, touchdown! Kansas City! There is a back-to-back. Super Bowl champion, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. That, of course, is uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, mic'd up for the game, and, uh, yeah, that was the uh, touchdown. That was the... uh, winning play in the Chiefs game. radio network that was a good call. I believe it was the hey, You know what? Here's the problem with the call, and I'll just tell you and okay. you can laugh Thank you. at me. And we're going to have a bitch session this uh, segment anyway. Problem with that call? Yeah. 3 seconds left. That's the problem with the call. It That's was a 3 problem. instead of 13. Whatever he said.
3: He said 13 seconds 13. left.
2: Okay. Why are you giving me the time? The game goes on indefinitely. It doesn't it, matter. You don't have to rush this play. He did, he did, but no, no no, uh, no, 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 no. No, no, Hold, no, on, no. hold on, hold on, That's bad information. No, it, it makes that, it it's sound. Not, if it's accurate information, it's information. It's it's it bad information. At least it makes he didn't it go. sound <laughs> like this is it. This is the last play. No, it doesn't. Am I, mean, I right, Dustin? Well, Am I the,
3: wrong? It's 8.30. You know what that is? That's
2: the accurate morning. time on the clock. It's actually 8.30 and 42 seconds. 43.
3: Brevity. Brevity. There's, a, there's, there's beauty and brevity. Brevity is the soul of wit. Yes, I know. Uh, and I understand
2: by habit you give the time, but the time irrelevant in that moment. You're why projecting you so bad here. Here's the thing. It's you, why
3: the Niners lost. You think because you were confused by the rules or because Tony I Romo, I know you weren't maybe. A lot of people were. Tony Romo didn't help clarify it. The fact of the matter is Tony if,
2: Romo didn't help in any fashion oh, hold on throughout
3: a the game. That specific time, the time—if you know the rules—should not have triggered you, because you know that if that was an incomplete pass on first down and the time ran off the clock, it would go into the second overtime and it would be second down at the other end of the field.
5: Well, what did people think there was going to be a tie in the Super Bowl?
2: Well, I, it wasn't a, tied. It's a good. I, question.
5: I understand that. My point but is with
2: 13 seconds left. It otherwise, sounds it wouldn't like have been. Li- if there, there, if there was a
5: potential air, for that, they would have kicked a, a field goal. Well, that that that's my that's the
3: implication that some people thought. What are they doing going for a touchdown taking the chance with 3 seconds left they should kick the field goal It was goal.
2: 13 you said What did he say? He said 13 I don't know what the hell he
3: the said The final touchdown came with 3 seconds left
2: And and it wouldn't have mattered they just would have kicked You it are down
3: nitpicking
2: the I think the time thing confused everyone The time
3: thing did confuse everything You know why? They've got how because much cuz it's paid? never happened before but that's no, why well, exactly. I mean, it's, exactly. it's never the, been it's executed so, yeah. so so thank you you're making my point Who's the dude they got for you, Who's the dude the referee they have in the booth Gene uh, Steratore? Right. Gene yeah, yeah. He needed to come on at the beginning of overtime. And clarify what And clarify it because he obviously did. he didn't really do that far. And they
5: put up a graphic that if and, you could read. Well, I'm just telling you what they, they – David, I rewatched all this yesterday still, on purpose.
3: There's still confusion about the clock. There's still confusion about the clock. Well, the, the, the clock, clock is off.
5: different than the rules. No, it isn't. The yeah. rules
3: are that the clock – the reason the clock's important is because there wasn't – there wasn't an urgency.
2: There were not 13 seconds left, first of all, but he used 13. to finish it, a sentence here? Because it's Taylor's favorite number. <laughs>
3: Shut up. Thank it's, you. Come on. Listen, there, the, the urgency was lacking from the Chiefs, if you want to call it that, because there was no fear that they were going to run out of time to kick a field goal to tie the game yes. rather than lose the game by three points because they didn't try a field goal. You're conditioned as a football audience. To look at that time ticking down. Yeah. The team going in, you look at, you know what the score is. They're down they're down three. Oh my gosh, why are they kicking a field goal? They've only got 13 seconds left. Plus, really quick,
5: that's the radio call.
2: So they're painting the mental picture. So, yeah, I mean,
5: they're, 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 they're making yes, you think exactly. the game's running out. They're, radio. they're making
2: you think the game, the time. The, the
5: time is, the is running out it in their quarter. In the, in the that first quarter.
2: quarter. But they didn't say that.
3: Paint me a picture.
2: Paint me a picture and don't tell me the time. Paint
3: me a picture if and tell irrelevant. me the
5: time.
2: Or tell me, listen. There's no time constraint here. And do it poetically, please. Yes. They
5: could they could and we don't. We'd have to go back through the whole broadcast of overtime. Maybe they did tell you
2: that of the Chiefs' radio now, right? Okay. Possibly. Maybe
5: at some point they did tell you that.
3: Possibly. I was disappointed in the television Ex- explanation and then the execution and then when it was clear that it was over. Well, with
5: radio we can't see the graphic, but we could play the audio of. We we could we could before this show was over we so, could play the audio of Gene Saritore explaining it yeah, okay. and the way Jim Nance brought him in hey babe called him babe did he he really? called Gene babe as he brought him in yeah. he hey, called babe. him babe he called he called Gene Saritore babe but, again this is this is also a benefit uh, of watching okay. it like three more times
2: working too much with Tony
3: yeah I think that's probably oh, that's probably true regardless of the previous statement. That's true on any day.
2: Uh, okay, so let's get. To, all right, let's get you. Let's you want to complain? The, you want let's to? Let's clear the field for dust.
3: Air some grievances. Oh, I thought you wanted to air some grievances. Oh no,
2: no, my grievances. I, I've been airing grievances all morning. I mean, I, I've been mispronouncing the quarterback's name, but I've been airing did that my once. Own. Ah, That's well. okay. I got
3: jumped. You. You're you're in I, White I, Sox it's, mode.
2: It's, I it's pitchers and catchers. Zach Birdie, tomorrow.
3: Brock Purdy. I mean, really, what's the difference?
2: There's no difference. I think Zach would have done better. <laughs>
3: You, could you have brought to, you, him in you, late as a reliever. You want to replace Brock Purdy now. We'll get to that in a second, Dustin. I, Dustin the
5: Mully and service. I want to replace Brock okay, Purdy. Okay,
3: we'll get to Here that in a go. second. What's your grievance?
5: Not, my, no, my only grievance is being accused of agreeing with the caller about that Patrick Mahomes was not tough enough. No, I agree that Patrick Mahomes complains to the refs constantly. Every time Mahomes slides, mm-hmm. and if he gets touched, he starts gyrating and moving his arms around and pointing in his head and pointing at his face. That's all he does: bitch and moan. When he gets when he slides and he gets breathed on, he bitches and moans. That's why he gets the calls? Don't
2: a lot. Don't a lot of Justin Fields
5: doesn't man. get anything and he gets clobbered. Maybe he should complain more. Maybe he Maybe should. He should.
2: Yeah. squeaky wheel gets oiled. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. All I'm doing is
5: I'm agreeing with the caller it's that oiled. Patrick Mahomes bitches and moans a lot. He
3: does not that bad. He's not I, that bad. Yeah, I, he's a pleasant personality. He's a great. Dude. But that has nothing
5: to do with his pleasantries. He's a great. He totally gets LeBron it. LeBron winds guy. by every
3: non-call too. You, oh my god. You know Much Steph Curry so. Steph Curry was getting on the refs the other night. He's a pleasant lad. Yeah. I don't know if Mahomes complains any more than any other quarterback I bet you Tom Brady here's your homework
5: assignment David go to YouTube and watch every time Patrick Holmes runs the ball and slides and gets touched or breathed on and he moans that he didn't get a 15-yard flag if
3: you were the best quarterback in the game wouldn't you want to be protected too I don't I don't begrudge him for complaining about that
5: listen the NFL is better when Patrick Mahomes is on the field I, I, I mean the NFL is doing the right thing by protecting these guys that's a whole nother you know do you want the era of football where you could knock the snot out of the quarterback and then have them standing over on the sidelines and no. seeing the 99th best quarterback in the world playing no. in the Super Bowl no not thank as, you
3: not as good as I mean, the how many times did Dan now?
5: Bernstein bring up the backup quarterbacks up during that broadcast on Sunday right it would have been really bad had we gotten to those two guys in that game on Sunday the backups
2: Oh, that was hysterical. Bernstein brought that up He twice. must have brought it up five times. I mean, I wasn't it but I was it was there. Like, but I, my point is, you know how Dan, Dan is like, oh, hey, it's the Super Bowl Yeah. When if they go to the back? He's just like such a negative Nelly. What blanket? And he, and he literally like said, here are the backup quarterbacks. I can literally tell you lo- that
3: Sam Darnold does not cross my mind Never. until right now.
2: Well, of course not. Right now. And and it shouldn't, but that's what that's what we talked about. And the Chiefs backup the, quarterback
3: is not somebody that uh, – Who
2: is the Chiefs backup quarterback? I, I mean, Port- he said it. Blaine
5: Gabbard, I believe. Blaine Gabbard,
2: whatever. Okay. Not whatever. That's who it is. No, but he, they, they didn't need him. It didn't, it didn't come down to whether he could win the game. No,
5: but just imagine, I mean, the point. my point of bringing this up was this is why the NFL has gone to these extreme measures of protect protecting QB1s yes. across the league yes. so that you don't have to see Blaine Gabbard in a Super Bowl.
3: Well, you know who you're going to see maybe next year backing
2: up? Patrick Mahomes? Mitch Trubisky. Yes. There you go. There David you go. With the prediction. <laughs> Would um, that be ironic? Can I say one other thing? You know, when we, when B- we you, complain Mitch. about issues yeah. in the game, that was not a horse tackle. That was not a horse collar tackle by any stretch. That's totally what, agree. Two, Mahomes had the first down on that third down play, mm-hmm. and then they they couldn't. Get, they had a punt. That was a first down. Mm-hmm. So the the officials didn't come out of there. Roger Goodell smelling like roses. You got a problem with the officiating? Uh, always. The guy Bill Vinovich.
4: I, I didn't get it Bill
2: done because he, but he called more penalties. Did than he have a did bias? First time, around. did he
3: have an implied bias?
2: I, I don't. Did he understand. have a pregame bias? Do you understand the horse collar? I don't really. That, that was not a horse collar. Attack. I, I think that they're trying to cheat. No, they're
3: trying to protect these players from these oh. kind of freak injuries. That's why they are sensitive to the quarterback position. That's why they're sensitive to horse-collar tackles. I know what they're trying to do.
2: And and Andy Reid calls timeout after that failed third down. Why didn't you use it to check and see whether he made the first down? That was a
3: better use of the time. Should have really challenged the spot. I also feel like in the three seconds that he left on the clock uh, at the end of the first half, I believe, you could have taken another shot into the end zone.
2: Also... There was a play uh, where the Chiefs got penalized for a holding call, where the ball was never never got out of the pocket. That was nonsense. That was not. That was going on all game. What was going on? Holding? Just grabbing a guy about around the waist as he's cutting.
3: That goes on almost every play. Thank you. Well, that and was in the overtime.
5: I'm saying that was in the that was That's in that was in the overtime where the 49ers would have had to have punted if that play had not been called.
2: Yes. Well, I don't know. It's a bad call. Bad I'm call. They got honest. in the way of
5: the game. You
3: could
2: make a holding call on every snap. I completely agree, and I think you could, you could do what you could call that play on every down. The problem is the ball never even left the backfill. I, I don't understand. So what's the
5: conclusion? Ref stunk?
2: The conclusion is that there were just some bad calls in the game. There's bad calls.
5: They were on TV more than Taylor Swift. They got in the way. No,
2: not not post game.
5: Oh, post games, how about story. her?
2: They chugging didn't... down. Was she drinking wine or a beer? That was Oops. a beer. That, that was a, a beer. That was a beer. She oh, knocked yeah. back a beer. It took her like three sips. To oh, do she died. She did it though. What are you judging oh, I, style points? I'm not judging style points. I'm saying if you're gonna suck down a beer, do it in one after, gulp. After four straight shows in Tokyo, a, 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 a flight. She was playing to along Ve- to Vegas. Yep. My gosh, she was, she was everywhere. Yeah, and this guy's telling me that was absolutely a horse collar tackle. Not one, because he didn't pull him down with the horse. He got him by the jersey, and he and he tackled him. He didn't pull him down. That's what they're trying to get rid of, because your knees will snap on that. Play. You don't want your knees to snap. That the snapping of the knee. That would be bad. Frowned upon in the NFL. Yes. Trying to. All right. We Look got Mike that. Flory. All we'll ask right. Mike. How about that? We'll ask him about the officiating. Well, we'll ask him good stuff, too. Okay. It's Mully and Haw Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to score.
4: Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, NBC Sports, Twitter.com slash ProFootballTalk. Talk.
7: By, by day! We can better game
4: game NFL insider Mike Florio with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score.
2: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Now joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline is Mike Floria, CircaLasVegas.com. Michael, good morning. How are you?
8: Hey, I am great. I am home. It was a long nine days. It is very good to be home. Had a great time in Las Vegas. And now the offseason fully blooms for us. Oh, my God.
2: The uh, the schedule, I mean, the franchise window opens on the 20th we know the combine is the 27th to the 4th of March franchise tag deadline March 5th free agency negotiations begin March 11th I mean the, the schedule has something the whole way up to the draft on the 25th of April it's uh it's obviously a ton of fun in Chicago because the offseason is uh feeding time certainly not the playoffs or the Super Bowl
8: And now it's jammed together even more with the season being longer to have only two weeks from getting home to going to Indianapolis for the combine. Like you said, the window opens for franchise tags, closes two weeks later. And the deadline's all that matters. However, some teams will apply that tag before everyone goes to Indy because that becomes tampering central. And if you've applied a franchise tag to an impending free agent, there's very little time spent by other teams trying to negotiate with the agent representing that free agent if he's been tagged. So there could be some tags that get applied before we go to Indy. But it's just amazing to think we'll be in Indianapolis in just two weeks.
3: Mike, 123.4 million viewers across TV and streaming. A record, obviously. What happened to all those people who are boycotting football? I'm sure you're not surprised. What do you attribute it to? The expanded audience of Taylor Swift just because we're addicted to football in America, combination of everything.
8: Well, here's what I say every year once we see those numbers. 123.4 million, as you said, average viewers. Over 200 million at some point watched some of the game. We've got 350 million people currently in the United States. What the hell are the other 150 million doing? (laughs) What are they doing? Laundry. I mean, really? 150 million people didn't watch any of the Super Bowl. That is a huge chunk of the country. So for all that the NFL is doing to try to globalize the sport, they still haven't fully saturated the American market. And maybe they've decided they have at this point that it's just diminishing returns to try to promote it even more than anybody who's ever going to follow football already follows it. But I think they did pull in the Swifties, 7% increase over last year's $115 million for the Chiefs-Eagles game. And I think it also helped that even though it started slowly, the game got going in the second half and we had a very exciting final few minutes of the fourth quarter and then a compelling overtime with layers of intrigue and strategy and a very sudden ending that I just remember being in the press box saying, after all that, it's just over. (laughs) Um, I think the
2: overtime, the fact that the chiefs didn't seem to know what was going on, the fact that they took the ball first made me wonder if, if, um, Kyle Shanahan knew what was going on. It was just one of those things where you look back at it and you wonder, wouldn't you be better off, especially with the best player in the, in the game, to be the one chasing a touchdown as opposed to letting him? Maybe they would have, if they get the ball, maybe they're kicking a field goal, and now you're chasing a touchdown.
8: And I feel like both teams came into the game with a strategy, with a plan, and the 49ers' plan was to set up the third possession. Thinking it'll go field goal field goal sudden death or touchdown touchdown sudden death the Chiefs came into the game with a plan to kick if they had won the toss to start the overtime period and if the 49ers had scored a touchdown to go for two so if it was touchdown touchdown there wasn't going to be a third overtime or a third possession that's what Kyle Shanahan wanted that third possession where it becomes sudden death the Chiefs, I feel like, planned it out a lot more, and they have good reason to do it. They were involved in the game that caused the rule change. Right. They scored a touchdown on the opening drive of overtime in the divisional round game against the Bills two years ago, and they got burned by opening drive touchdown, 2018 AFC Championship against the Patriots. So they had every reason to fully plan it out. But one thing that disappointed me from both sides, they had rigid, predetermined decisions they had made about what they were going to do. I still think it's a decision you have to make in real time. And the one benefit for the 49ers in making the decision they did, it kind of had become a field goal game. So if you're going to go field goal, field goal, you get it back. Field goal, you win the championship. Mm -hmm. The only difference is the Chiefs went for the touchdown. And I'd love to know what the Chiefs would have done. Let's say fourth and three from the six. Do you take the field goal and go sudden death? Or do you try to get the touchdown? Great
3: question. Terrible gamble, though, with Mahomes, the opposing quarterback. I know what you're saying, but that decision is not going to age well. And I wonder, Mike, coming out of this, the legacy of Kyle Shanahan has been damaged the most. Third Super Bowl, where he has been part of a coaching staff, where a 10-point or more lead has been blown. That decision in overtime. How much damage does this do to his reputation moving forward?
8: Well, I mean, in his defense, those losses happened to Patrick Mahomes twice and Tom Brady once, so, you know, what are you going to do when you're going against the two best quarterbacks to ever play the game? Somebody raised with me before the game started, we were talking in the press box, if the 49ers lose this one, does Shanahan and the 49ers need a fresh start? Now, I think it's premature to come to that conclusion, but he's seven years in. He's had two losses in the NFC Championship. He's had two losses in the Super Bowl. At some point, you know, it's, I, I made the argument to a 49ers fan yesterday who was just despondent at the airport. You know, we keep getting close and we can't get it done. It's almost better to not even make the playoffs than to have your heart ripped out and shown to you that many times, that many occasions, to get that close and fall short. No, and not. maybe at some point Shanahan does need a fresh start. Maybe the 49ers will need a fresh start. He's already seven years in. Let's see how the next couple years go. Let's see what Brock Purdy's ceiling is. And on your point about overtime, one of the reasons I would have put the ball in Mahomes' hands first, if the Chiefs score a touchdown, this is the opportunity for Purdy to elevate. This is his chance. If he drives us down and we match it and we have the two-point play ready to go and we win the game, Purdy becomes upper echelon in the nfl and it lays the foundation for what could be a great future
2: hey if they fire him his old man's from franklin park he could always come back here oh that'd be great wouldn't that be something
8: hey if i'm shanahan at this point you know what i want to do i want to wait until andy Reid finally retires and i want to go coach the chiefs if you can't beat oh, him, join him yeah that's
2: hey awesome. mike mitch
3: rosen says it was great to see you in vegas
8: oh it was great to see mitch ran into him a couple times we had a good time vegas was fun it was fun. I hadn't been there since 1986. It was very different. And oh, I figured oh, wow. the Super Bowl will be back there within the next few years. I was forward to going back.
2: It's a new town. I think there's a hotel left. Wait, did you go to the desert inn and find out it wasn't there?
8: <laughs> well, I saw Harris off in the distance as we were going to the sphere last Wednesday night for the U2 show. And it's like I remember Harris because I think it was just like Harris and Caesars Palace and the Tropicana. I mean, the the old guard hotels. Stand out like a sore thumb in New Age Las Vegas.
2: Mike, you're the best. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Mike. Yes. That is Mike Florio. That's hysterical. Did you see the clown stuff. who climbed on top of the sphere? Oh no. You know. He got up there in like
3: 45 minutes.
2: How, how do you get up there? 45 minutes? I mean, he does do it
3: do damage it? He, while he
2: does up this up as, there? as a thing.
5: He, but like, he, does goes, he,
2: he just climbs up it the, I don't know. I mean, do 100000
5: dollars worth of damage.
2: A hundred thousand dollars worth That's of damage. That's what I read. To his well, body
5: or the building?
2: To the building. Huh you would you'd have, to, you'd have to, like, figure out your way up there. You'd also be pulling a hamstring and dislocating a shoulder. You'd also think you were at the top, and you'd have to keep going <laughs> around yet again. Uh, All right. It's Mully and Hall. We'll be back with Jared Payton next in, on Chicago Sports Radio
0: 6-7. Jared Payton. And I hear my name again, and I'm like, who's calling me? So I look back. At the people working and it's not them it's this guy that's sitting down right by the door and he goes jared man man i love you on the score man i was like i'm gonna be on at nine o'clock tune in
4: the son of sweetness
0: one
9: man one career one team for 200
1: walter payton 13 seasons for these deanna who are the chicago bears the bears yes
4: sports anchor for wgn former running back great
1: payton again already two touchdowns there it is there's
4: the
2: touchdown the Jared Payton Show today.
4: Jared Payton with Mully and Ha on 670 The Score.
2: Mully and Ha, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Now joining us on the Circus Sports Illinois Hotline is Jared Payton. Download the Circus Sports app today, and you notice we changed the theme song. Yeah,
3: because he's a dancing man.
2: Because Jared dances like Michael Jackson.
3: On demand.
0: Apparently,
7: it's
3: incredible. It was a very impressive,
2: very display. good stuff, Jerry. Congratulations! Dexterity. Well
3: done, hey, JP. Thank,
0: thank you guys, man. Sometimes, you know, what happens in Vegas should stay in Vegas, but with social media, <laughs> why not just blow it up and try to go viral? What happened That's there? What I yeah, you, Tell you, us you about had
2: it. the time of, of everyone's life, you were everywhere yeah. doing everything. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, and you know what's cool, Molly, is you know, getting. And Dave, I hope you don't mind, but just the text messages from people like you, Dave, who are watching from afar that are saying, man, great work. It made me work harder. So I I always go out to Super Bowl with a purpose to get the best content that I can to be able to send back to the people back at home. But, you know, sometimes you luck out. And like the Patrick Mahomes uh, answering the question about, you know, man of the year at uh, opening night, uh, over 2 million views on on TikTok. I mean, it's just... Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's powerful, man. And, and to be able to do that, I, I go out there with a purpose. It's not to to party, to go to the parties. It's uh, to get as much content. And now I'm sitting here after I get off with you guys, I have so much to sift through on my phone that I haven't even posted yet. So I got to figure out a way to be able to do that now. As best
3: you can, Jarrett, describe the feeling that you experience every year, but it still is something to behold seeing you on the TV screen. Pre-game of the Super Bowl, and there you were again Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. What was that like sitting, uh, standing alongside Brittany and just being in that moment with everything that you're experiencing?
0: You know what, Dave? That that moment is like the, that's the calm moment. That's like the relaxed Jarrett and Brittany out there on the field because it all leads up through, I normally go Sunday before Super Bowl, so it's Sunday and we got a lot of stuff to do wednesday night i i did a, a sit down with eli manning for like a half hour and interviewed him uh for for nationwide who you know who sponsors the award and so just having that conversation it's like stuff that builds up and then thursday night is nfl honors and normally we always get our talking points like maybe like three days before this super bowl was kind of crazy we didn't get it till like we're heading to the event that night And that's the night that's the moment where you I I know I do. And Brittany as well, like we just get kind of nervous because like we know everybody's watching, right? You don't want to mess up. Everybody's watching. And when you get out there on the stage, you're looking at, you know, a lot of your heroes. Like there's goats sitting in the in the crowd who are all looking at you and the whole entire the world's looking at you. So we just always want to represent for our family, for the city of Chicago and Bears fans. And then by that time on Super Bowl Sunday, we we were just kind of chilling out, and the fact that we knew that that Cam Hayward was going to speak, and Brittany and I, all we have to do is smile, dude. I can do that all day long. That's easy for me.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that is wonderful stuff. And then you got to you got kind of got to go everywhere and see everything. And uh, obviously, the game itself, I'm not sure it was the greatest game, but the finish might have been one oh. of the greatest finishes I've ever
0: oh. seen. I mean, it was. Molly, it was it was crazy. I mean, I I kind of went into this thinking that there was talking to a lot of the guys throughout the like throughout the the week, whether they played in the Super Bowl, got close to a Super Bowl, um, coached the Super Bowl. They always just talked about the emotions of that game of trying to be able to, talk, to bottle it in from the beginning of the week that you get there to Super Bowl Sunday and not to be able to like be on E because your emotions are so high throughout the game. And I I kind of went with the the chiefs on that because they've been there done that before they understand their schedule and how they go through the week and i just knew that both defenses were were going to be good i didn't know that we we're going to see so much sloppy play early like in the game i was like wow and and we always forget too special teams is such a big part whether you're making plays or you're you're, you're dropping punts or kicks whatever it is and and field position is so crucial that i knew if this if the 49ers weren't going to come out and score and if let's just say McCaffrey doesn't fumble that ball and they go down and they score. Maybe that sets the tone just a little bit for that game. 10 points is just not enough to beat Patrick Mahomes. Like he's going to find a way. And every guy that I talked to that's in the league that has played against him. When I asked them about Patrick Mahomes sitting down on radio row, they all gave me the same exact answer. They're like, dude, 15 is just different. Like he is, he is, he's different to play against. It's hard. Like we watch film and it's like any guy that can throw with his left hand and right hand. I mean, what are you supposed to do with all that? And that's what it came down to at the end of the game. You want the ball in 15's hands. And he, once that happened, I, I knew I was good. Also, what I knew it was good too, is that I took a KC money line and I took that under <laughs> at 47, seven and a half. So that, that walk off touchdown. Yeah. It hit. So I was excited.
2: Yeah, that that's tons of fun. I, I'm curious when you um think about the game and the audience, the television audience. It was the um I I think the most watched telecast ever. And yeah. I know that the Swifties got involved and in all of that, but the NFL is just doing something very right.
0: Yeah. I, I really felt like Vegas is the play man, it's the place to have the Super Bowl. I know it's cra- it was crazy but it just felt right. I mean, everything is pretty close depending on what side of the strip you were you were on. We were staying on the side of like Mandalay Bay, so we were close to the stadium. So, you know, any anytime that we had to get there, whether it was by a van or, or we had to walk, it, it was accessible. And so th- to me, Vegas did it right. And I just know, I was hoping that it went off with like no true issues because everybody that I talked to yeah. there had a great time.
3: Jarrett, so this was the Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl. He's at a different level than everybody else, as you said. You talk to the people. Yeah. They reinforce that idea, and everybody watching Sunday understands that. You had an interaction with him earlier in the week. I didn't realize that was the first time that you had maybe yeah. met Pat Mahomes. Could you describe that? Because you had to be patient to wait your turn, but it sounds yeah. like it was worth the wait.
0: Yeah, it was worth the wait, Dave. It was – we, yeah, we've never met. Every time that he's he's been uh, the Man of the Year nominee, he's been playing in the game. So normally throughout the week, we go to you know Boys and Girls Club on Friday. We have a, a luncheon before the game on Sunday. So we get to meet these guys, interact with these guys, and I've never got a chance to. He was on the Zoom call with the league commissioner, our family, and all the other 32, uh, 31 other nominees, and he, he spoke. Uh, this was like maybe a week before, two weeks before the Super Bowl, I think. And it was just really, really cool. So I sat there for 30 minutes just trying to get that question out. And when I did, it was worth the wait. His answer, uh, I, I don't even know if you could...
3: So it's last read, Monday night, right?
0: Yeah, last Monday night, yeah. opening night. I don't know if you could script it better from the the the... The interaction and his response to what it means to him and what he you know thinks of our family it was it was it was pretty special man so yeah two million views it went crazy on TikTok man so um, kind of went viral and everybody at the league was very excited about it and all the partners are with us they they loved it and I, hopefully I get a chance to meet him sometime.
2: Well, I, you know what's interesting is obviously when you when you look at him winning a Super Bowl did it ever go through your head? That, man, if if only the Bears had taken the right quarterback, he'd be in Chicago. It could be the Bears there. And then uh, Trubisky gets caught the next day. So Sunday you see the woulda, coulda, shoulda been Bears quarterback, and then the guy they took gets cut by the Steelers. And David wants him to end up in Kansas City, which I think I think a, he's going to. I think it's hysterical. Yeah. yeah. I think but, he would. Uh, but isn't – I mean – Am I the only one that made that connection and winced?
0: No, I mean we all. I think we all do, Molly. I think we all kind of think about it, but it's it's so far gone now that we can't. We got to think about the future. We have to start thinking about the future. And to me, it's not only you know it's the big decisions that that Ryan Poles has to make coming up here, which direction that he goes. I I don't know if you guys um, know, but I. I'm actually about to post it when I get done with you guys on on social, but I got 20 oh, – I sat down with Kevin Warren while we were out there um, for about 20 minutes. He gave me – the interview was 19 minutes long. He answered every single question that I had on my list. I had no Bears PR with me, no one. It was just him and I found a place at the Wynn Hotel, and he he answered everything. And I went down the road from, the, from what's going to happen with – stadium his timeline on the stadium to his thoughts on justin fields the big decision that polls has to make coming up here how involved he wants to be in all that and then also his feelings on on matt eberflus and and why they decided to 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 stay the course um it airs today on wgn i'm super excited about it i know there might be other interviews out there uh, but nothing like this i mean kevin got up and unbelievable guy and said great job and we had end up talking about it a little bit after about some of the, the newsier parts of the interview. Uh, I don't know how we're cutting it down to like five or six minutes, but hopefully the, the full thing will be on YouTube at some point of the day. But it's uh, phenomenal, phenomenal to be able to to get the questions what, that I wanted get, to ask him. Get What's Barry's. the headline? What's it, the
2: headline? Yeah, I'm Chicago, not,
0: no, 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 no. Chicago I, or Arlington I, Heights? I think <laughs> it, it's not, it, it's, he, he that's, that. we all know what he's going to, play politics on that oh, now you're
3: dancing now you're no really no no dancing, a, JP. I
0: I think I think his the mo- the newsier part is when he wants to have a decision on where on 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 when he wants to say like this is what we're doing mm-hmm. and when that is like he kind of gave a timeline and so that to me is probably the newsier part and I think his feelings on Justin Fields
3: do you get a sense then I know you don't want to give away specifics and that's fine I respect that <laughs> but do you get a sense that he is more or less involved with football decisions and evaluations than you expected?
0: I believe that he, just through the conversation, and it's not just the interview. Um, I, I have conversations with him, so I talk with him. He's, he's an amazing man just to be in his sphere and to be able to be around him the times that I was out in, in Vegas. he He really is giving – a lot of of like leeway to Ryan Poles to create what he wants to create. And I don't know. You got to, I can't, Dave, I can't, man. You got to listen to All the right. interview. right, I'm you just can't. asking
3: if you wondered if he was more involved, I, 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 is he
0: meddling or not? No, no, meddling. I think he's really given, he's given a lot to, to Ryan to make this. He trusts Ryan and it. they, they have a, a, their relationship is dynamic and it's, it's really, really cool. Hence the reason why, you know, their, their offices are right by each other. And I think their relationship, if, and I, and I, and I post something earlier in the week that got taken out of context. I told you about being patient, but about, you know, with just with everything, whether it's the quarterbacks with how we're, how Ryan's building this thing. And I know that's easier said than done, but that seems to be kind of the, the vibe from, from Kevin, that like he wants to, he wants to build this thing, right. Like, he wants to build it the right way. That's something that's going to last for a long time and not a flash in the pan. And it's it's hard for me not to respect that. Like, I I that's what I want. I don't want to just win, like, right now. I want to be that. I want to be a dynasty. Like, I want to be, like, where we're talking about this team is competing for Super Bowl championships and in the playoffs consistently. Not like, oh, a year and then we'll wait another five, six years. No, I'm tired of that. I don't want to keep doing that. I I want this to be something consistent. And if that takes me having to take a chill pill every once in a while and say, whoa, sit back and relax and let's watch this thing. Then that's what I have to do because the way that it's been going, things have to change. And I I've always been a proponent of that, that like things have to change to be able to be consistent.
2: Um, I, I think we had a conversation earlier where we talked about next year and, you know, the two teams in the Super Bowl, usually the losing team is kind of cursed the following season, which is a rude thing to say. But things go awry uh, sometimes, like in the Ram situation. The winning team has a problem the next season. I was saying to David, you know, the fact that Kansas City they had their down year. You know, no mm. one could catch a pass. They dropped all these passes. They couldn't. They lost to the Raiders on Christmas. They looked like they had no shot. We had the whole thing about Mahomes on the road. It's going to be different. And lo and behold, they got the best quarterback in the league and they win the big game and they do it in overtime. And you you come back and you think they might get better next year. Like it's, oh, not, yeah. it's not a lock. It's almost like they had their down year and they won. Yeah. So Molly. how do we feel about them?
0: Molly, it's uh the, when you get the quarterback position right and you have the right guy there, you have the system that works, you can start filling it in with whoever you want to and I think that's that's what makes them so so good. And I think for the dynasty that they that they're creating right now is people want to play with Patrick and they want they want to be around him. They he elevates everybody's game and if you're around him you're going to get some shine you probably probably going to get paid off of it so everybody like wants to be around it if you can start adding around him and offensive line look at his tackles with the issues that they had all season long i mean still he found a way to make it happen and that's what good teams do but when you have the quarterback that everybody is searching for which that's the that's the case here in chicago that's so what everybody's – that's that's the conversation for the people that are pro-Caleb Williams. That's what they're hoping can happen. I think the conversations with me that I was having with, you know, the people in the business that play uh, from Shannon Sharp to everybody who I talk to, I would say the consensus is everybody's like, yo, stay with Justin. Stay the course and, add, and build around him. He's special. And it is something to say about all these other teams in the NFL and all these other fan bases – <laughs> wanting Justin Fields, but then I see out of Chicago about there already a lot of people are trying to ship him out already. It's it's it, it is debate. it is very interesting yeah. to me that like every other organization. Oh uh, I oh, I gotta tell you this, because you don't hear this that often, and no one else is gonna tell you this on. I gotta tell you. So uh Bijan Robinson, I, he was back back in uh, the the Walter Payton NFL man of the year like uh like a cocktail room before we went out. And I was talking with him. We were just had a conversation. And I said, man, are you hearing the same things that we're hearing? Like in Chicago about Justin coming to Atlanta. His eyes dropped. He was like, bro. He goes, he comes to Atlanta, Doug. We are going to be a problem. I was like, "I, dude, I already know. I said, I looked up. I said, RPOs with you too? He was like, dude, don't mess around. And y'all mess around and lose Justin. Watch him come back home. I was like, oh my goodness. Th- this is what people are saying That play, not like me who's sitting out here analyzing all the time. These are dudes that are actually strapping on helmets, mouthpieces, running in the games. Like, they all are saying this. So Players like players.
2: They don't like college players.
0: They don't like rookies. That's right. I'm not saying that they don't like rookies. I'm just saying the respect level. Like, they would tell you. When you sit around with these guys, and I was at a table with a lot of Harrison Phillips, unbelievable dude. I'm listening to all these guys and how they talk about players in the league. And it's always this glowing review of Justin all the time. And I'm like, and I get what we see, but I just don't, I'm trying to put it together of why everybody, I mean, you guys know my feelings on Justin. I love him. Uh, they just why they're so high on Justin and everybody else here in Chicago. A lot of people are now moving to that side of the fence that you got to move on from him. It's just, just think about it. Just saying.
2: Great stuff, Jared. Really appreciate your time. Fantastic stuff out of the Super Bowl.
0: Love it. Hey, you guys are the best. I'll talk to you soon. Keep dancing.
2: That is Jared Payton. What's wrong with his dancing? It's great dancing. Unbelievable. He's very
3: talented. My goodness. If only. He's. I mean, that You should see the video. He's very good. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, he's I very good. I, I think players respect players. Justin Fields is That's easy a, guy to yeah. have respect for. He has nothing wrong. He has done nothing to deserve losing his job. I, I still think he's more likely to lose his job.
2: They lost 10 games, David. I don't know if you're paying attention. I'm very
3: curious to see what Kevin Warren says to Jarrett Payton in the WGN TV interview he right. teased. To find out if that's an indication of the way the organization is leaning or feeling, my sense is that he got the impression that they that they are leaning a certain direction.
2: But there's a decision to be made, my man. Is there? Uh, no, no. You I, take Caleb Williams and you yeah, run like I, a thief in the night. It's not even close.
3: I, I think there are players and then there are evaluators and there are coaches and their executives and everyone's got a role to play.
2: 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw on the score.
5: Before we let you go, is 13 now your favorite number as well?
2: <laughs> uh it's
5: not, not not my favorite number, but uh it worked for us this weekend, and uh I'll be have a special
2: place in my heart for sure. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score that uh is Taylor Swift's favorite number, so someone had to ask Pat Mahomes where he is on it, and uh, yeah, maybe
3: uh, her next song will be something related to fifty-four, the number of seconds that Taylor Swift
2: was shown during Super Bowl Swiftie Eight. I flew eighteen hours and just got fifty-four, and everyone's mad at me. Fifty-four seconds in a over four-hour broadcast.
3: The most watched Super Bowl ever. The longest Super Bowl ever. She got
2: 54 seconds of people are losing their they're, – they're losing it. Uh, she and uh, and Travis Kelsey were dancing uh, at the post-game party and her song Love Story came on. And they and, sang to each other. And they started making out, <laughs> singing to each other. Making and then, out, singing to each other. That's beautiful. That kind of night alcohol was flowing. She kissed that sweaty, oversized guy on the field after the game. Yeah, I know. I think she must like him. She must
3: really, really like him. I think that they get along. I don't know if I would have gone so far as what Nate Burleson said when he's watching them. He said, look, they're they're in love or that's what love is.
2: You don't really know, but yeah. It's a sweet sweet story. They seem to be a couple. No downside, They seem to really like each other and again, I worry that... um, that she's with kind of a lunk head. And,
3: you know. I, I worry now that things will get a little more complicated the more time he has to spend with her.
2: What? What? So she's back. She goes back to Tokyo? I don't know. Is no. Is that what her I schedule think is? It's, uh,
5: no, we went over this. It, yes. She's going to Thailand, I believe. She's going to
2: Thailand. Yeah. Will he go to. Then she to goes Thailand? to France. Well, France. Who? I mean, let's go there and stay for the City Olympics. Of love. Of course. Yeah. You know, France is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a great country. Great, especially this time. Thailand, I don't know. I've never been to Thailand. Never been.
3: Never been. I is, don't know if he's going to... A- is
2: he going to Thailand? Does he... Is he, Okay, here's the question. Is he now uh, expected to attend every one of her concerts?
3: I don't think so. That's unrealistic.
2: She puts on a great show, but that she might does. get
3: old. I, that's not even the thing. I don't know that okay. he has to sit through three-and-a-half-hour concerts night after night after night.
5: I'm sorry. Her next show is actually this Friday. Mm-hmm. In Budapest. Budapest.
2: So no Thailand.
5: Well, that's Singapore, then Thailand.
2: Mm. Do you think maybe he went to Thailand and he didn't realize he was supposed to go to Budapest? Is that what you're saying? Well, the question (laughs) really is, will Taylor Swift be on a
5: float or a bus or whatever they use in Kansas City for the parade on Wednesday? No, she's not
2: doing the parade. Why would she
5: do that? Why would she do the parade? I I bet it it, because it's something that it's a a once-in-a-lifetime thing to do potentially. I think she could skip the parade.
2: This is a sports show. Nobody cares.
3: Yeah, they do. Well, that, that's, that's the guy we're talking to. Yeah. you you've got to get used to these things. Look it's, at the ratings, It's not man. a threat to your manhood or anything, mm-hmm. your masculinity. Taylor Swift is part of the NFL culture now. Deal with it. I mean, it's a good thing. Look how many people it brought to the uh, Super Bowl. New audience. How many people were on social media? How many dads are saying their daughters were interested in the Super Bowl for the first time. Yes.
2: It was a daddy-daughter dance. So, the Super Bowl. It's a good thing. How many dads took their young daughters to Vegas? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Wait, check that one. It's in New Orleans next year. Yeah, it is. And let me tell you something. I would I would say mm-hmm. n- having been to Super Bowls in New Orleans, having seen the Bears win a Super Bowl in New Orleans, that's one of the destination Super Bowls. The yes, Super it is. Bowl should go to places where the game itself is fitting into the culture of the play. You should go on vacation and have the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was a good spot. You should never go to Jacksonville. I love the Super Bowl in Detroit, but let's tap the brakes. Let's go to definitely South Florida. New Orleans with the Harbaugh Super Bowl, I believe. Los Angeles. last time it was in New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah, I remember being there. The two brothers. Yeah, the two brothers. (laughs) Who else would it be? I, I didn't know what you were saying. I, I thought maybe you were I thought maybe you were saying John. I didn't know it was John meant. versus Jim. Yeah, I was I was oh, not there. I was in right. Vegas. I just didn't know where you were going. Yeah, I was I was down there for that one. I think it was the Super Bowl twenty, was uh the Bears. That was a big one against too. Against the Patriots and it was in New in Orleans. Still being celebrated.
3: Sure. Yeah.
5: We need to figure out how to get there for this one because after after New or Orleans fly. it's California back to back.
3: California, back to back. Where then, in California? Eventually goes back to Vegas, LA, and
5: uh, San Francisco. I'm not sure of the order off the mm. top of my head, but it's Levi Stadium and then the Chargers Rams building.
3: Buddy Paul Sullivan has a story, a column in the mm. wake of the news in the Chicago Tribune today about Chicago being a potential Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, there's just site. That, just that little little bit about uh, maybe building a stadium. It's not that little, and it's not that far fetched either. Well, th- Start construction. Well, okay. Thank you. But just so you what know we hear what do we hear? Okay we need to put the shovels the in the on? ground. Three years, right? Three years before it's ready for a Super Bowl. How many Dustin, do a quick Google and tell me how many Super Bowls have already been given out. I'm telling you, you're gonna have to wait five years no matter what. I, I know. So let's let's tap the brakes on the you great got, Super Bowl. you got to start somewhere. There will be a Chicago Super Bowl if indeed they build the building, if indeed they manage to, I don't know. Won't that be cool? Or will it? You think
3: people will bristle at that or welcome Um, it? We'll be like NASCAR.
2: We love a party It's Chicago. A big event attracts everyone. I mean, are there some people that will bristle? sure Bernstein's got already like a whole ton of negative energy and he's going to talk about the backup quarterbacks that could play in that game. He's going to project that. Whatever, seven years out, here it comes.
5: Well, they, it's just the they only have the next three. Well, yeah.
2: that's it. Okay. Up until. So, yeah. uh,
5: February 9th, a big day here on the morning show uh, Caesar Superdome in New Orleans. Siri Angelo's birthday. Super Bowl 60, February 8th, 2026, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. Good spot. And then, how about this? How about this? Super Bowl 61.
2: February, care to guess the date?
5: 14th. 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 You oh, know what yeah. that means?
2: That means they're Valentine's gonna, Day on the Super Bowl. No, it means they're going to celebrate. Monday will be President's Day, and they will have the Super Bowl with a national holiday at the end of the that's week. That's fine. That's great. Well, that's what you should do. You well, can't. no, you
5: should move it to Saturday. You can't. And we need b- to no. have this Why discussion. Why would you do that? It doesn't matter.
2: So, I'm glad you said that. We need that's
5: to have the, this no, discussion. Now, now is it's not a the national time. holiday.
3: All right, the, the national
2: holiday thing is funny. No, it's not funny. But I'm saying that. Since that when did President's
5: today? Day get moved to the 15th?
2: It's next week. It's next it, Monday. Yeah, but it will be. A, it's this Monday coming up. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's a week from yesterday. That's it's pretty good. It's the 19th. Good. If they played the Super Bowl on the Sunday and then took advantage naturally of the Monday holiday. It'd be nice. Although a lot of people, it wasn't very good. wasn't much traffic yesterday, so it wasn't like it's
3: congested. I want to get to Dustin's point about the Saturday Super Bowl because for years I have been open to that idea what we heard today what we learned today makes it a totally
5: moot point what's that?
3: The largest audience ever watched Super Bowl 58
5: and I get I'll bet I bet you it would be bigger on a Saturday. I don't and, and doesn't it matter how long you carry the audience, like time spent watching? They said the because, average
2: uh, crowd was like a no, Right, but I'm, tell,
5: I'm telling you, after halftime, again, you guys, your kids are older. My kids still have to go to school the next day, okay, and not at ten o'clock or eleven o'clock when they're smart and they schedule their classes later. I mean, it was it was we left a, we left immediately when the game ended. It was ten o six. It was ten
2: oh six. What would be wrong with moving it permanently to February, middle of February, and taking advantage of presidents? Day. Still the Let's president's add another Day.
5: game to the regular they, they, season. I'm then.
2: I'm being honest. I know. Because
5: with a two week break, there's no reason you can't be on Saturday. They're already playing playoff games at night on Saturday nights.
2: Well, you could play more games overseas. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Thank you. It's Super Bowl Sunday.
5: Do You have that trademark or something? Do You have an we, investment in this day. We have
2: to
3: preserve some traditions in this country. It's Super Bowl Sunday. That's Super Bowl. Okay, then how about night. day?
5: How about Super Bowl Sunday? Day being the key word. I'm good not, with that. Not Sunday night football. I'm good with that. Okay, it, Super Bowl Sunday it, it night kicked football kicked off at five forty.
3: I mean, how about how about, about three thirty instead? Yeah, you need a little bit more schools money for
2: the pregame show. Schools in um, Boston and New York. All closed today in celebration of a snowstorm. You just look meteorologist, get a meteorologist okay. in the NFL office. Let me finish. And then you're playing the Super Bowl around the big storm.
5: They did a double senior ditch day at my daughter's high school yeah. based on, so they ditched out yesterday so that they could go out for the Super Bowl and hang out with their friends later at night. That, so the good. seniors, the seniors didn't show up yesterday. I call that a teaching moment. I wish I'd have thought about that back I in the t- day. It's a
3: teaching moment. Either you can l- allow your how, kid to have the fun, or how, you can be against it and you have that conversation. How is that how, a double ditch day? If oh, they don't show they- up,
5: they're planning two. I got to get back plan to one, this. They're planning uh, one I, uh, closer to graduation, gotta, and they uh, 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 planned one yesterday. I got to get
3: back to this with the English major. So it's not a celebration,
2: the snow day I was, of a
3: snow day. You apparently have never had a snow day. Well, you celebrate, but they're not honoring a snow day by commemorating it. I was having it's fun. I was
2: having fun okay. with the idea of a snow day. Well, you went from being over the top about the presents day. You totally dude. went grouchy old man on me. Why don't we talk about the backup quarterbacks, Bernstein? Okay. <laughs> I'm taking the fun, fun out with of that. Them.
3: All right. Yeah. You know what else was fun? Our conversation with Jarrett Payton and Dave Wanstead. And you missed those from earlier in the show. You can use the rewind feature To go back and listen, download the Odyssey app, search Six Seventy Score, and tap earlier today and get started. And right now, you can be the sixth caller. This is also fun. To the Scores contest line, 312-540-0670, and you can win tickets to see Santana with Counting Crows. Wow. Saturday, June 29th.
2: That's great. Carlos Santana, man. Woohoo! He makes that guitar sing.
3: June 29th is my son's birthday. Credit Union 1 Amphitheater, Tinley Park. Tickets at LiveNation.com. Tickets on sale
2: Friday, February 16th at 10 a.m. And we should tell you, here's more fun. The Parkinson Spiegel Show, they're hosting a QB1 Town Hall next Wednesday, February 21st from 2 to 6. Town Hall? At the Blue Cross Blue Shield Performance Stage. They're expecting a lot of people to come in and celebrate Justin Fields and his accomplishments. (laughs) Is that what it is? I think no, so. I think was it QB one? Wasn't the a, a memo? No. Are you sure that was so? Last year, listen to Parkinson Speakle between two and six this afternoon for your chance to win your way to the QB one town hall special, as you can have your voice heard in the Bears QB one debate town hall. As the NFL offseason begins, they'll also be joined by football experts to weigh in on the debate. That everyone's talking about. That's QB1 Town Hall with Parkinson Spiegel next Wednesday from 2 to 6. Why don't we have a Town Hall? Danny is a, a locked in Justin Fields guy, right? No, he's not. What happened?
3: You missed. You were off yesterday. He
2: had been, though, hadn't he? Um, Didn't he hold a QB1 party? He did.
3: Field? They did have uh, a QB1 party here. Was it a 20- party or a Town Hall? 2022. Oh. The Town Hall is to celebrate his shift. We'll Ooh. call it shift. Uh, in philosophy, strategy, however you want to look at it. Because I think that he donned a Caleb Williams jersey yesterday on the air.
2: Oh, uh, is there a Caleb Williams jersey? Or I don't he know. Made? He may have had one made. Wow. Well, that's well, how that's much he him. believes okay. now
3: in just. Oh, I, 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 see, I even okay. said it. Freudian slip. Caleb Williams.
2: Danny, clearly not a current player in the NFL.
3: Because <laughs> those players favor Justin Fields
2: because they don't it's a like fair debate guys.
3: I'm looking forward to that town hall sounds a little highbrow
2: it does It sounds like there's going to be a good debate I hope it doesn't turn into politics in America <laughs> with a bunch of people screaming at each other can't we all just get along can't we just all
3: agree on something
2: yeah I think we can agree on Caleb Williams Jaden Daniels I, I don't think we're all going to agree May. on Caleb Williams I anybody? think anybody
3: You and I will agree on Caleb Williams. I don't think outside of the studio we're going to get a a consensus necessarily.
2: Are you buying a jersey? I'm not buying a jersey. Okay.
3: I made the mistake of talking about painting my nails, but I think that buying a jersey is not something I typically
1: would do. It's too
2: far. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. We're going to talk to uh, Dan and Lawrence next. It's Mully and Haw on the score.